From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Good morning, seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning I've made my love of uh, NASA, the space program, uh, probably have witnessed as many launches as any living human. I mean, there was a point in my life where I had never missed a single one. Uh, Now there are more and, you know, sometimes you do miss them, but I do follow even the ones that I don't watch uh, blast off. So I'm very interested in the space program, the the web Hubble telescopes and all these different things uh, that record amazing, amazing sights. And I picked up on this one very late last night at an hour that I should have been vast asleep. Fast asleep even. And that is that an asteroid about the size of a box truck is anticipated to make one of the closest approaches by a near-Earth object ever recorded. How cool is that? There's no risk here, and I'll explain why. They've designated the asteroid 2023 BU. It's expected to zip by the southern tip of South America at about 7.27 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tonight. That will be just... 2,200 miles from the planet's surface. How about that? Then I started reading, I was geeking out, and I started reading about the orbit and these terms, uh, geosynchronous and all this. But pretty amazing. Uh, You can rest easy, though, because there is no risk of the asteroid, which is about 11 and a half feet by 28 feet, it will not impact the Earth. Further, they said even if it did, NASA said that the asteroid is so small that it would turn into a fireball, it would disintegrate in the atmosphere, and the largest debris that could potentially fall would be small meteorites. So there's no, there's no worry here. It's not going to hit. And even if it did, it wouldn't, it's not going to create some kind of tsunami and all of this. But pretty cool, though. They quickly ruled out, even though it's going to be so close, they did quickly rule out it being what they call an impactor. In other words, that it would hit. But they are able to predict that the asteroid will make an extraordinarily close approach with Earth. You know, you never know. I I mean, something could change the course. It could then hit the gravitational pull of the Earth, and then it would go the route of what we talked about. It would burn up. Although any asteroid in Earth's proximity will experience a change in trajectory because of 
what I was just talking about, our planet's gravity. NASA said that 2023 BU will come so close, its path around the sun is expected to be significantly altered before encountering Earth. The asteroid's orbit around the sun approximated Earth's taking 359 days. How about that? It took like a trip around the sun, like we do in a year. Just shy of a year. After its encounter, the asteroid's orbit, they say, will be more elongated. It will move out to about halfway between Earth and Mars orbits at its furthest point from the sun. The asteroid will then complete one orbit every 425 days. So there you have it. Asteroid will make one of the closest approaches to Earth ever recorded. Uh, the news had it. Two, two news items that caught my ear, and I knew them both because one I broke. Meta is restoring President Trump's Facebook and Instagram accounts. If I were President Trump, it doesn't have to be right away, but I would utilize those platforms over the next two years. Because that, unless they're going to do creepy stuff, but it's hard to do with President Trump. I mean, he has so many millions of followers. And then, then there are reports about what he writes. So you can't hide him. They try, but you really can't. He's bigger than they are. So I would use the platforms. I don't think there's any, like, I am not going back. There's no, no, nothing to be gained by protesting. Uh, utilize the platform. Get your message out. So that that issue is pretty much resolved. They might find a way to say he's violating terms of service and suspend him and then deplatform him again. But I think a part of this is the fact that they know now that Republicans have subpoena power. They can be hauled in before a United States Congress committee and. I think you're going to see this section carve out that they have that is, I think it's essential from their standpoint, not for ours. It's essential that they keep it because they have no liability right now. Anything that anybody posts, they have no liability. They have, it's amazing, actually. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's. Just, I don't think it's fair. It's not fair. How, how do they have such insulation? So at some point, that that section will be, I think, carved out. But they've got it for now. Second story, and we're going to address this next hour. Also, I want to invite you to call in this hour because we are jammed today. Seven o'clock hour with John Devlin. Eight o'clock hour with John Zarek. Nine o'clock hour with Joanne Daly, our real estate official expert. So if you want to jump in, this is the hour to do it. 609-407-1450. I hope you'll check in. I heard Tom note, but I actually had walked out of the studio. So I don't know how he began the story, but I came into him talking about how the media obtained a copy. Uh, The media was me. I don't know why they don't say that, but... I'm the media on the uh, Board of Education document. Let's let's make that abundantly clear. 
on January 6th, I published a email. Actually, it was a letter, not an email. It was a letter on Atlantic City Board of Education or Atlantic City Public Schools. I forget which. I think the Board of Education. But the letter is right there if you go onto the app, WPGTalkRadio.com or the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. And you'll see the letter. I first published it on January 6th. I republished it yesterday. That's why this is in the news now. Because I reported it. The media did not obtain a copy of this document. I did. And the reason I thought that it was news was I found it absolutely fantastical that a state monitor whose job it is to, to provide oversight, checks and balances, because Atlantic City is in full takeover by the state, both the local purpose and the school purpose side of the business ledger. And I never saw this before. A state monitor actually overturned a vote of the Board of Education, which they're, in, they're entitled to do. It's legal. But it doesn't usually go this way. The board voted not to rehire the immediate past superintendent of schools for $600 a day to be acting director of operations. He, he didn't get the votes required to be hired. This was on December 13th. On December 14th, less than a day later, I know by the calendar it's a day, but it was just hours later because the meeting was at night. This memo comes out the next day. I don't remember exactly what time, but it wasn't a full day. It was hours later that the state monitor reversed that decision and hired Caldwell, Barry Caldwell. Who does that, to quote Jack Cittarelli? So I thought that was big news. So here's the crazy part, and it's going to have to wait until after the break. The state monitor didn't like that I got this memo. And I'm going to tell you what happened next. And then John Devlin and I will visit on this and other topics coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, including that it, it is incredible to me, but I understand why. Marty and Laquetta Small have a direct relative right now in prison for horrific, horrific crimes against a child. And so they will not address the issue of sexual assaults of children. It's, it's unbelievable almost. And the state won't do anything about it either. And we're going to talk about that. But where do I fill you in? This is, this is in keeping with everything that is wrong right now in government. When we come back right after this, it's the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, which you have again made South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. Thank you. Fox News commentary. Nancy Pelosi is making bank off stock trading again. Her crystal ball really is accurate, isn't it? I'm Tommy Laren. More next. 
It's Jesse Kelly here. I can't afford to lose 30% of my 401k or IRA again, and I'm assuming you can't either. Call Oxford Gold. Securing your IRA or 401k with real gold and silver is a portfolio protection plan, and Oxford Gold has made it easy as one, two, three. One app, one call, and you pick your precious metals. That's it. You now own precious metals. Call Oxford Gold today to learn more about the one, two, three protection plan. 833-404-GOLD. 833-404-GOLD. How do you become a multi-millionaire off a government salary? Well, that's a great question for former Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Several weeks ago, Mrs. Pelosi sold $3 million in Google stock, and lo and behold, this week, the DOJ has opened an investigation against Google to possibly break up its tech monopoly. That was really convenient timing, Nancy. It's almost as if you, once again, had some insider info with which to make your stock decision. This is downright dirty, folks. Our members of Congress and their spouses should be prohibited from trading stocks and profiting while in office. Thank goodness Senator Josh Hawley introduced a bill to do just that, appropriately titled the Pelosi Act. These public servants are supposed to work in our best interest, not line their own pockets. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can watch my show Tommy Lahren is Fearless at Outkick.com. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, so here's how this story goes. The Board of Education, the night before last, they're having their meeting. And in open public session, Carol Morris, who is the state monitor, uh, decides to bring up the issue of the Carol Morris letter. I guess no way to get a state monitor more upset than reveal her letter. Uh, if something else happened, I mean, like like a child being sexually assaulted, I've never heard Carol Morris or any of them ever bring up anything about that other than John Devlin. And I, I don't know of anyone else. So children are being sexually assaulted, but there's no sense of urgency on that. But there is an incredible sense of urgency on the Carol Morris letter being... Um, I don't know what to call it, leaked by me. First of all, it's a public document. I think 27 people were sent the letter. For some reason, she, she's blaming the board. She doesn't know where I got it, but she's blaming the board, it seems. And let me read the letter to you. It'll take me just a second because I'm doing what I ask you to do. I'm on the app and I'm going to the article that I wrote yesterday headline is new jersey monitor tom note hey tom are you listening how about doing a straight story that harry hurley got this letter uh and that i'm the one that brought out the whole thing i don't know why it's like mystery mystery story uh i wrote a, a, a an article i'm not going to read the whole thing to you but it begins there was an interesting development at the tuesday january 24th 2023 meeting of the Atlantic City, New Jersey Board of Education. Even in the bizarre world of New Jersey and Atlantic City politics, this one is a head-scratcher. So let me now just riff. I could read you the article, but you can do that. The New Jersey State Fiscal Monitor, Carol Morris, overruled the Atlantic City Board of Education. They didn't want to hire the former superintendent, Barry Caldwell, at $600 per day at the meeting of December 13th. The reason I can say that is he didn't have the votes and it failed. Morris didn't wait. I mean, she didn't wait hours. The very next day, the board voted down Caldwell on December 13th and Morris reversed the decision 
just hours later on December 14th. And here is the letter, and I'm looking at it now, and it is on Atlantic City Board of Education stationery. And it's addressed to board members from Miss MS period, Carol Morris, comma, state monitor, date December 14, comma, 2022, regarding December 13, 2022 board meeting. And here's the letter. Under my authority as state monitor, as outlined in Title 18A, 7A55, I am approving the following agenda item based on the financial savings to the district and impending approximately $52 million of elementary and secondary school emergency relief funds, which have to be addressed immediately from the December 13, 2022 Board of Education meeting. And it has page 13, item 21, personnel, which was, I went back, that is the Caldwell agenda item. Now, keep in mind, no board members even knew that he was going to be on the agenda. This is how creepy this Marty and Laquetta Small operate. They didn't even know it's on there until they come to the meeting. This is very similar to the former superintendent, Mark Harris. Laquetta Small put him on a board meeting with no notice for a job and listed him as Robert Harris. And everybody for decades has only known him as Mark Harris or R period Mark Harris. It's not that that's not his name, but let me put it to you this way. If, if there was an agenda item for H. Robert Hurley, would you immediately think that's me? Or would you not even think about that that could be me? That's my name. If y'all want to use the initial of my first name, my Uncle Bob, because his father was also Harry Robert, he went by H. Robert. So this is the creepy stuff that they do. So she writes, thank you for your cooperation. And Laquetta Small is copied. The business administrator is copied. The board secretary is copied. The board solicitor is copied. Uh, the Department of Education in Trenton is copied. All the board members are sent the letter. So I found it interesting how they don't focus on so many crazy things that really need to be addressed. One of them we're going to break tomorrow as a WPG app and WPGtalkradio.com exclusive. I'm not going to mention it today. Uh, we're going to break it tomorrow, probably in the morning. So look for that tomorrow. Totally different matter. But there's so many important things they should be addressing. But, and this is the kicker. Not only did the state monitor bring this up, but the state monitor wants to have, and the board president seems to be in agreement, Shea Steele, they want to have a formal investigation as to how I got this letter. Now, how, how much of a joke is that? It's very possible I had it before they had it. An investigation on how I got the Carol Morris letter. But they're not investigating children, multiple children, being sexually assaulted. All kinds of crazy stuff. You don't know the half of it that's going on. 
And this is, uh, these are their priorities. They're sick. These people are sick. This is, this is a, a fake educational system that is an employment agency for the small family and friends. They're not getting the job done correctly. They're hemorrhaging the, the number of students that are in the school. That's for another day. We're not going to talk about that uh, today either. There are just so many things that they should be focusing on. But don't worry. They, they, they killed a nationwide search for, to hire a superintendent that they'd already paid for. Uh, but we have time, though, for an investigation as to how Harry Hurley received the state monitor Carol Morris letter. What a waste of time. What a joke. What a joke you people are. It's unbelievable. The time that you will spend on nonsense. It's 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 beyond belief. But it really is the M.O. This is how this um, operation is working. And for some reason, with just state love and affection, I used to see the state monitors come in. And if the board had hired Barry Caldwell, the state monitor would have undone it. Now the board voted not to hire him, and the state overturned it and hired him. Yes, we are living in bizarro world. If you have any doubt about it, the problem is yours. Because I'm telling you, that is the current state of affairs. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley at 31 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. After inappropriate Jerry Blavitt headline in an Atlantic City newspaper comes another inappropriate headline in a Philadelphia magazine. We blasted the first. Yesterday, we blasted the second. And your eyeballs have been all over that story. This morning, I unleashed the best seafood soups in Atlantic and Cape May counties. From the Towns Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Lots of big puddles out there from our overnight drenching, so watch for splashes and hydroplaning. Rain is pretty much done at this point, aside from some spotty sprinkles and mist. So we're drying out today. You'll see breaks of sun. It will be windy. Temperature settles around 47 this afternoon. Mainly clearing quiet tonight, low 32. Partly sunny and 43 tomorrow. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. It's Jesse Kelly here. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. It's 37 minutes past the hour. So I was taking a look at um, some statistics that I thought you might find interesting. Inflation in America. This is the December CPI consumer price index what's called year over year so what you're paying this year how much more than you were paying last year it says total cost 6.5 percent but i believe that's a lie i think everything this government does is a lie uh they advertise that they were going to be the most honest the most transparent that i find them to be the most dishonest and the least transparent because everything they say is exactly opposite of the truth. Rents are up big time, nearly double digits. 
Food prices are up double digits. Electricity is up 14.3%. So how are total costs up 6.5%? I don't believe it. What you tell me something that is actually less expensive than it used to be or even close to what it used to be. So I don't believe these total costs. I believe it's a total lie. You know, just like I don't believe these employment numbers that are coming out. I started looking at all these companies, and this is not all of them, but just off the top of my head, Spotify, Alphabet, IBM, Microsoft, Amazon, Coinbase, 3M, Salesforce, Vimeo, Golden Sachs, uh, Goldman Sachs, Bed Bath & Beyond, BlackRock, Newell, that's Newell Brands, and Vox. They're all doing big-time layoffs. Some already have. Some will in 2023. I don't believe these numbers. We're being lied to at every turn. I mean, they're cooking the books, I believe. How, how can any of this be true? They keep lowering unemployment while people just keep getting laid off. You know, I want to be persuadable by my dear pal Chuck Malama because obviously the vast majority of businesses in America are small businesses. But they're going to have to at some point. It's not like all these big companies have to lay off and then the smaller companies are immune to what's going on. I just I just don't believe anything that we're being told. If they tell you they found all the documents, you better believe there's more. I mean, I'm, I can't think I'm not trying to be negative. I'm an eternally optimistic person. But to quote Ben Franklin, I don't wear rose-colored glasses. I don't believe anything that we're being told. The president says the pandemic's over. Uh, two weeks ago, he just extended the COVID-19 emergency. Now, do you know why he does that? For the reason that I said during the first week of the pandemic, when everybody was scared and we didn't know how uh, this COVID-19, I, I, I was I was worried. I admit it. When they tell you there's something that can kill you and, and they don't know how long it lives on formica or wood or stainless steel or marble, and they did all these tests saying how long, it, it stays alive and people weren't were getting out of their clothes the second they got in the house and uh, just the way that people were living. If packages came, people were told, let them stay out for 24 hours. At the same time, we're living with a complete epidemic of port, porch pirates. I mean, but let it sit out. Let the package sit out for 24 to 48 hours. I mean, this is the stuff that people were told. If you had your groceries delivered, you were worried about touching the, the, the box or the bags. I mean, that's where we were. Then, you know, God is great. The pandemic uh, wanes and the disease mutates and continues to get milder and milder. And of course, it's still it is still killing people. But fewer the CDC is about to come out and make a recommendation that it become an annual vaccine I, because of the co complete, utter dishonesty of this administration. Uh, Anthony Fauci and the whole gang 
there are so many people that would have taken it that, that are never taking it again. I have no intentions of ever taking that vaccine ever again. I took the first shot. I took the second shot. I took that first call for a booster. And then that was that. I said, I'm done. I'm done with that. June of last year, uh, it's the only time. I wonder how many people listening right now never got COVID-19. It's interesting to note. I mean, I'm not going to trade it because it's really my favorite type of activity of its kind each and every year. Talkers New York. Had I not gone to Talkers New York, I, I, well, you never know, though. I'm going to take that back, and I'm going to tell you why. I was about to say, if I didn't go to Talkers New York, which was, I went, I used to remember the number by heart, I think like 819 days without contracting COVID-19, which is pretty miraculous. I mean, we held multiple golf tournaments, multiple dinners. I am around people, uh, sometimes a lot of people. We did the Trump event that uh, was fantastic at uh, Tony Coppola Smithville Inn with Don Purdy. And so I was pretty fortunate. I never got it. I went to Talkers New York, and three days later, boom, Margie and I, and she went with me. So I was going to say I wouldn't have gotten it had I not gone to New York, but I have the belief that actually, I'm not saying you should go get it because it's no fun, but I I believe, and many people have said this, and they were shut down, they were deplatformed, and you know all kinds of things for saying it, but the natural immunity that you have after contracting it. So I can't say I wouldn't have gotten it had I not gone to New York because I think I was probably exposed sometime, how long ago was June, whatever, seven months, whatever it is, maybe a little more. I've been around a lot of people and haven't gotten it again, but it could very well be because I was protected. And maybe, look, I think it's to the point now, and it's not with everyone this way, but you could probably get it and not know you have it. And I talked to Dr. John McGee a couple of times in the past three weeks, and he said now there are many people that are testing negative with the test kits that we have and that could very well be positive. There's a lot of false negatives right now. So you could have had, if you had a little bit of a cough and you just felt a little tired, maybe felt a little achy, just whatever, different symptoms, you could have had it and tested negative or had it and never tested and not even know it. But yet we have, we have as usual, bizarro world mixed signals because the president on one hand said the pandemic is over, no one's wearing masks anymore, and, you know, so... Sounded rational, sounded sane, sounded like the right thing to say, but he keeps extending the COVID-19 emergency. And I go back to my earlier point. The reason is because, and I said it in the first week, it's going to be very hard for governors and the president 
for these people to ever mayors to let go of this power governors that this power they have over your lives is unnatural and it should be unlawful but because they faint emergency and declare it as such they have incredible power that they otherwise wouldn't have and i remember saying they're not going to want to let go of that no way we'll be back in just a few minutes don't go away it's 47 minutes past the hour it's harry hurley asking you to join united methodist communities at the shores in ocean city this tuesday january 31st can you believe the first month is almost it's crazy from 10 a.m to 12 noon for national memory screening day give your brain a checkup and enjoy healthy snacks while the shores professional staff provides free memory screenings if you're considering senior living options for yourself or for a loved one i recommend the shores transitioning to the shores is easy move in and experience the abundant life the shores is fully remodeled with private apartments two beautiful restaurants a bistro on the first floor an on-site fitness center and transportation to local shopping best of all it's just three short blocks to the ocean city boardwalk and beach join the shores for this free community event national memory screening day january 31st from 10 a.m to 12 noon healthy snacks and free memory screenings at 2201 bay avenue in ocean city united methodist communities at the shores to rsvp call michelle at 609-399-8505 that's 609-399-8505 as i promised i'm going to take your calls it's our only open form of the morning let's make it count you'll be next right after the break hang in there this is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Sean. 609-407-1450, an open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Hi, Harry. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'm going to confirm right here. Oh. You talked about, uh, talked about unemployment. My wife works at a... Candy store in Cape May. Ballinger's just name of the store. I hate to put that out there, but guess what? That's what it is. And they have a basin on that city, which I'm sure you're aware of. They are having problems with their unemployment. They keep getting stuff back from the state with a blank slate on it, saying that something about their, their hours were never put in, or something to that effect. I don't know the whole story because I don't pay too much attention to my wife's, you know, her, you know, her work. But is there something to that, why they're not getting their unemployment? Are they just waiting for these, this quarterly, uh, you know, the quarterly unemployment rates to come out? No, I don't think it's that. I, I, I honestly believe it's just the bureaucracy. Uh, everything is slower. Motor vehicle is slower. Uh, things are improving a bit, but they're still not quite right. Uh, and they were quite wrong for, for a number of years. The, I don't know if it's it's a combination of things. The computer equipment is almost unusable at this point. That's becoming a big problem. So technology has not been reinvested in. Uh, that that makes delays. Uh, also, too, the um, I'm not sure exactly who is working remote versus coming in anymore. That makes things very challenging. 
And it's really, it's everything. Everything, I wrote an article about this uh, at some point uh, last year, middle of the year, I think it was, that everything is broken. Everything you used to be able to do, very easy, now is hard to do. I wanted to find out there was there was something there was something I needed to find out that I used to be able to make a call, barely have to hold at all, and you would get someone. I could I had to give up. I couldn't hold on any longer. I couldn't take it any longer. So I really do believe it, the bureaucracy is broken because there should be no problem. You pay into unemployment. You should promptly receive uh, if the employee if the employer is doing their paperwork. Uh, and the employee files for unemployment. It is supposed. It used to be a priority. There used to be a sense of urgency. You used to get your first check within a certain period of time. It did. It. I will say, even in the good old days, it used to take about four weeks to get your first check. But you would get all of the all of them at one time. So it would you know? Obviously, you need it sooner rather than later. But I really do believe this is just a part of our broken country right now in our broken state. Well, I'll, I'll touch base with you again on this because yeah. these went as far as one of the managers went to call Van Drew and there's, there's something going on. But Well, they actually, I was going to suggest you do that because they have been very successful. Senator Palestino on state issues, Van Drew on federal issues, they've been very successful because their chiefs of staff and their, their teams, their staff members, they have different numbers that they can call. I will tell you, though, Sometimes, believe it or not, they they call the same number and write to the same email addresses as we do and have to wait. It's really bad right now. The system's broken. All right, we'll see. All right. We'll see. All right, keep, just, keep me posted. See you, right. See you, man. Good to talk to you. It's uh, 56 minutes past the hour. Time for one more call this hour. Let's make it count. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, boss. How are you, sir? Uh, very well. It's, what is it? It's uh, the day before, the day before, the day before the NFC and the AFC championship games. Yeah, look, man, the Giants didn't have enough power for the Eagles this year. No way we had enough speed to even hang with them. No speed on the outside, the Giants. We're, we got a lot of work to do in the offseason through either uh, tra- uh, trades or, or, or the, uh, the draft, we got a lot of work to do. Still know? an improved team, though, and a playoff team, and won a playoff game against a team that had won 12 games. Good season. Uh, Eagles, and I knew it from basically even before the first game, the Eagles just made all the right moves. They, they, they got so much better in one year. And then what couldn't be, nobody could predict how much Jalen Hurts would improve in one year. And you've got the two-headed monster in the receiving core. Their secondary is great. Their offensive line is fantastic. Lane Johnson, much to the chagrin of the the New York Giants, was back and dominating. I think he's going to dominate Bosa uh, on Sunday. It's going to be an amazing matchup to watch. Uh, And I I just think the Eagles right now are going to be real tough to beat. Well, you know what Hurts did. He went out, He, you know, in the offseason, he didn't party. He didn't go out on his yacht, you know, and whatever, party with his buddies. He flew out to California and worked with those two quarterback gurus all summer. And they worked on his technique, his footwork, his release. 
he, he was in, in another kind of camp, a private camp. That's what Jalen Hurts did. And that's how he improved so much in one year. That's commitment, man. Yeah. Well, it, like, it worked. You know I mean? I, 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 but I'll tell you, both of these games are going to be good games. Both of them. Oh, my goodness. Mahomes said yesterday, I don't know if he's fake out or what he's, you know, if it's real. I mean, he's going to play. He's an animal. And I mean that in a, in a, as a compliment. Uh, he says he is ready to go for Sunday. So we'll see what that means. Uh, uh, I, I think Cincinnati is slightly better than Kansas City. Kansas City being home is an edge, but Burroughs went into uh, snowy Buffalo and demolished them. Uh, I don't know who's going to win the game. Uh, I, I think Cincinnati will win. I'm I'm of the belief that it will be the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. At the beginning of the year, I picked the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. But I tell you, that high ankle sprain is no joke, man. That hurts, and it's hard to step on your foot. You know, it's well. And here, Matt, as you know, once you go out there and play and start aggravating the mess out of it. And if one of your players, even your center, puts the foot back like they do and steps on you or in a tackle, you go down again. I mean, I I see that high ankle sprain not being good again until next year. Even if Mahomes and Kansas City make it to the Super Bowl and he gets two weeks off, you can re-aggravate it right away all over again. So That just is not something that typically heals very quickly. He'll heal. Uh, unlike Pollard, Pollard wasn't a high ankle sprain. It was a high ankle break. Mahomes is a high ankle sprain. John Devlin joins us next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. It's six minutes past the hour. Uh, He is a longtime Atlantic City Board of Education president and a more than 20-year member. So he is the dean of the Atlantic City Board of Education, much to Marty Small's chagrin because Small uh, raised a lot of money, ran three candidates, but couldn't beat him anyhow. Uh, John Devlin joins us on the Hurley in the Morning Newsmaker Hotline. John, welcome to the program. Good morning, Harry. Thanks for having me again. It is a pleasure. So I wrote an article that you're aware of uh, back on January 6th. I wrote a follow-up piece to that article yesterday, which I know you're aware of. And I made a brief comment uh, about it this morning, but basically said I was going to hold it uh, until you arrived, which is now. And so you know where I'm going. Uh, I obtained through sources of mine a document which I found very interesting, and I thought that the public would be interested in learning about it because the Board of Education on January, I'm sorry, on December 13th of last year, specifically voted not to hire a position that was recommended by the superintendent. And really, it was all done wrong anyhow because it was never 
the board didn't know about it until it, it it's right on the agenda all of a sudden. So it was never done right. I mean, when I was a board member, we, I, I was chairman of the personnel committee, any type of new hire. And I'm not even talking about this particular former superintendent, although obviously he is the subject of of the uh, the state monitor's letter. I'm talking about any type of position, 600 hours a day, acting director of operations, whatever. It would go through my committee. Our committee would vote and then make a recommendation to the full board. You have no good order in your board of education right now, John. It's a disaster. It's a public disgrace. Yeah, it's Harry, uh, you know, 20 years here, and I've never seen it in such bad shape, bad morale. I mean, Rome's burning, and, you know, we're having a meeting, and we're discussing a paid investigation on a memo that, you know, Harry, I, I don't, it wasn't a confidential uh, email. It was an email sent to board members and beyond. I think there was like 27 recipients with that, and I, I made the monitor aware of that. But also, too, um, you know, the legality of the email sent to board members, I'm quite speaking about, by the way, a public resolution. Um, once an email sent to a recipient, it's theirs to disseminate as far as I know um, until it's, it's, deemed, uh, it's de- deemed not to be able to show anybody if it's personnel or children or if it's stamped confidential, which, by the way, none of it was. Well, and how could hiring someone that the board the night before chose not to hire, how could that ever be confidential? That's, that's the public's business. That, that's right under the public's right to know. I'm happy I printed the letter. Uh, I'm shocked, but not shocked, that a state monitor would overturn the board action the, the weird thing about all this, and we call it bizarro world on this program, in any other day other than this era, which is an error and an era, uh, the state monitor, if the Board of Education hired somebody at 600 hours a day, they'd be likely to reverse the, the, the decision. Here, the board voted not to make the hire, and the state monitor hours later couldn't wait to actually reverse that and hire the person. And then I don't believe, I mean, I know I'm living in bizarro world, but evidently paying someone $600 a day is cost savings in the twisted world that we live in. I don't even want to get into all that, you know, because you're, you're in a, in a sort of a sticky wicket with this being personnel and stuff like that. But I can say what I, I, I'm going to say what I'm going to say because I have the memo and it is $600 a day and the taxpayers are paying for it, and the board didn't know this was even happening until they arrived to the meeting and it was on the agenda, and not, not enough board members voted to make the hire, and a monitor turned it around the next day in behalf. So I'm really, I, I've drawn the conclusion, Marty and Laquetta Small can do whatever they want right now. It's not really a takeover of the city at all, because everything they want to do Every friend, every family member, every two former superintendents, everything they want to do is sanctioned by this state monitor. <clears throat> um, yeah, on the school board side, that's exactly how that works. And and, and on the city side, from, from yeah. being a spectator, it looks yeah. like the same thing. But, you know, again, I think, you know, the other night at the meeting, you know, such a crucial time in the school district right now. You know, the teachers were out of, con- were out of contract, by the way. They were there in opposition of, you know, 
<clears throat> they're very frustrated. They don't have a contract. They just got a date. The last time they met um, to negotiate was back in October. So they're very frustrated. And look, you know, Harry, you've been here too. The backbone, the cornerstone of any teaching facility, any school district is our teachers, right? And, uh, you know, we have to keep them motivated. By the way, I think we have some of the greatest teachers in New Jersey, if not in, you know, ranked in the nation. Unfortunately, you know, we're using <clears throat> certain resources, <laughs> and we'll talk about the meaning, to do investigation on a memo that was an email sent out to 27 different people. You know, in a crucial time where, you know, the superintendent admitted there was a sexual assault in our schools. Well, and yeah, and you have multiple sexual assaults. You, you have the and, – and uh, John – are, are you willing to go there? I'm just going to ask you this. Do you agree with me that part of the reason, at least if not all the reason, that there's no action whatsoever taken about correcting this this incredibly unsafe atmosphere? There, and I wrote an article, as you know, about that in, in, in great detail, that usually if you have um, – Serious issues like this occur. A student is assaulted. I'm going to give you an example. The University of Virginia uh, came out and said that if this establishment that is serving alcohol to our underage um, students continues, we're taking action. We're doing this. We're doing that. And that's over a student that got killed. And alcohol is directly involved with the tragedy. Uh, So they immediately took action. Because Marty and Laquetta Small, their direct relative, who right now is a convicted criminal in jail for his sexual abuse of a child. And I, evidently, there's so much more to this that is, is I, I'm told, uh, going to be coming out soon. But they take no action whatsoever. And even you can make the case they take adverse action and re-victimize people. But that's another story. But they didn't do anything and say, hey, if anybody needs counseling, we're going to have counselors. Uh, We want to change this policy. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. They take no action, including the state and that state monitor, Carol Mars. They've got nothing to say on sexual assaults of children by a substitute teacher, by another teacher. Who knows what we don't know? I can't repeat something that was sent to me. It's so disgusting. I'll just say it involves bodily fluid, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, We're investigating that right now. There's disgusting things going on, John. They got nothing to say about any of it, but they have the audacity. You're you're crazy board president, that nut, and your your state monitor, they want to have a formal investigation as to how I got the December 14th Carol Morris letter. John, give me a break. Yeah, I'm, I'm just taking this all in as you're saying it too, Harry. I, I think this, I think the district has been scarred since the Frazier matter. We have not recovered from the Frazier matter. And Harry, let me just plagiarize what you said earlier. Also, there's no counseling hotline. There's no tip hotline. There's no uh, they wanted to get that investigation as far as away from the school district as possibly can. By the way, they still haven't paid the people um, and, and never revisited again. Like, get it away as far as away from Lee as can. Unfortunately, it happened here. Okay? We can't, can't control it now. But what we could do now is get help. You know, obviously, there's victims out there. Let's get help. And, you know, let's get them the treatment they need and the attention they need. And let's... Never let this ever happen again. Let's put 
policies and procedures in place to remove any kind of crazy things that could happen like this in the future, disgusting things like this can happen in the future, and let's move on as a district. I think we haven't moved on, Harry. I still think that we're still in that phase, the Frazier scarred phase, where you know, teachers, uh, uh, teachers, employees, and children, and, and beyond are still scarred by this Frazier matter, and we're not going to recover until there's certain guidelines put into place that so this this kind of travesty never happens again. Do you think the reason that they took no action is because Frazier is Laquetta Small's cousin, and it's just too close to home, and all those allegations about him living in their home, uh, and all of it that they just ignore that it happened at all they refuse to do their job how could it be anything else what adult what responsible adult wouldn't get right on top of something like that and really button down and create all kinds of help like you're talking about counseling and all that and other procedures and things they correct me if i'm wrong because if i'm wrong i have an article that i have to update but it is my understanding that no corrective action, no new policies, no counseling. You, you mentioned no, no crisis hotline. I mean, these are the kinds of things where children commit suicide. They need help when this kind of stuff is going on. It, could it – do you think I am correct because they're so dishonest about everything, you can't get an answer from them. You, you can't believe the things that I hear about both of them, both smalls. They, they, they communicate only with who they want to. Uh, and if you disagree, forget about it. You, you, get, you have no access, which I could care less, but it's still not right. They're, they're, they're make, they make a lot of money as public employees to behave the way that they do. Their priorities seem to be about hiring friends and family members and all of that, the employment agency that they've turned it into, and not taking corrective action in very serious matters. I mean, we saw what they did to Stockton University after all the goodwill, all the good that Stockton has done for the Atlantic City Public Schools, you know, and for the for the region uh, as as a whole, uh, and and what they did to them. Two Stockton graduates, Laquetta and Marty, disgraceful. What they did there, what they did to Dredgy Wood, what they've done by re-victimizing victims, by not taking corrective action. I have to believe it's because one of the offenders is their direct relative. What else could it be, John? I think it, it's partially that. And I also, you know, something like this could be damaging to their egos or their their image. I don't know, Harry. It's, it's, it's really crazy. Well, their image is terrible. I mean, let's let's start there. It's a joke. I mean, the, the Transformer cartoon joke mayor. I mean, I'm serious. He might be the last one to figure out what a joke he is. But there's nobody that takes him seriously. I, I mean, he, I, I got to add something to that. You're right. Here we are, a billion dollar town. We're trying to make it more user friendly. We're trying to pro, promote it nationally and beyond. And here comes this fool out in a transformer costume. And by the way, it was it cost us fifteen hundred dollars in rental fees. That's out there. They, somebody had opened that. Fifteen hundred dollars worth of rental fees, and you know what? I saw the fire chief there. They had fire people there. Imagine what that cost—that stupid event cost the city of Atlantic City. You know, to tell everybody that he's trying to transform this city into what a third world country. 
come on, Harry. <laughs> All that stupid money to show off and his ego. I've never seen a bigger ego. Tim were our superintendent. So like you said, I'm um, piggybacking kind of piggybacking on what you said, but um again, they uh they got some big egos and unfortunately, you know, we're paying the cost as a, you know, taxpayers, parents and teachers and and employees and children. I have an important follow-up when we come back. We're a little bit late for the break. We're going to catch up right now. Approaching 20 minutes past the hour, Atlantic City Board of Education member John Devlin continues on the Hurley in the Morning program. And I'm not going to hide my follow-up. My follow-up is, why doesn't the board, the superintendent, we understand, her direct relative uh, is in prison right now for his abuse of a child. Uh, And anybody that wants to read what happened there, just go to our website, WPGTalkRadio.com or on the app and just click on my picture and you go through the articles and you'll find multiple articles on all of that. Why doesn't the board take action, John? That's the question I want to talk about next. I think board members should be making motions. I make a motion uh, that, that we hire, you know, ACME, XYZ, uh, counseling service. Why? Why? I mean, I understand Laquetta Small's cousin is a criminal uh, and they're 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 whatever ashamed they're trying to make it go away whatever i i get that bad i mean that's a bad actor at work right there that does nothing when they know what was going on and how many people are still being injured by all of this and then the latest example of of the teacher that uh is presently criminally charged and that's working its way through the criminal system how come the Board of Education takes no action? Laquetta Small is a subordinate to the Board of Education. Why doesn't the board take action, John? That when we come back. Sean Hannity is up now. I am Hurley in the Morning. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. National debt is now the highest since World War II and forecast to break uh, that record soon. In 2022, last year alone, it hit 98% of our gross domestic uh, product. Now, by the way, and Betsy McCoy, she's a great researcher. She points out that that United States is in the company of, of countries and nations like Mozambique, Angola, Portugal, Greece. Do we really want our kids? Do we really want to rob them blind by spending ourselves into oblivion? You know, over the last 50 years, the GDP... The debt-to-GDP ratio has averaged 46%. We're now over double that. And and Joe Biden just keeps adding to it. Check out the Sean Hannity Radio Show later today, right here. My friend had his home stolen. The crime is home title theft. It's real. It's horrendous, but it's real, and it's everywhere. Now, luckily, this was just a demo, but I saw how criminals all around the world target American homeowners, and that's why I protect my home with home title lock, and you need to as well. And a thief can simply forge your signature on a legal document claiming you sold your home to them. Homeowners insurance and common identity theft programs do not protect you, but home title lock does. So protect yourself. Just go to their website. It's hometitlelock.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Verify your home's title is still safely in your name. Then just register your address for a free, no obligation home title report for your files. That is a $100 value, absolutely free. That's hometitlelock.com slash Sean. 
HomeTitleLock.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. Welcome back. John Devlin from the Atlantic City Board of, Board of Education is our guest. It's the Hurley in the Morning program at 26 minutes past the hour. John, I made a comment that we understand, or I won't say we as though I'm speaking for you. I understand Laquetta Small's cousin is a criminal and did, did bad things to a child. So she doesn't want to even acknowledge that there's even a problem within the school system that she is the chief school administrator of. That I can understand. I don't respect it. And I think it's a public disgrace. But at least I can process that. How come the Board of Education doesn't do anything? It's a good question, Harry, and thank you. But let, let me say this. You know, we have a Board of Education where 90 percent of the Board of Education is conflicted. They have family members, direct, by the way, direct family members that work for the district. And they are following, you know, unfortunately, they're, they're compromised. Um, you know, if they ask questions or if they inquire or if they make a public comment, you know, we've seen the way this administration acts. We've seen the way the, you know, the mayor's administration acts towards anybody that doesn't, you know, sign off rubber stamp or kiss his ring, how he, he acts and how he retaliates against employees. So, um, you know, that's that's where I would start. You know, uh, we do have some new board members and, and unfortunately, um, you know, they're, they're also conflicted. So, um, who's going to stand out? Uh, you know, obviously, I'm going to say my will. I'm always going to have a say. If something's wrong, I'm going to say it for what it is. I'm not going to hide it, sweep it under a rug, or, you know, pat somebody on the back and tell them they're doing a good job. I'm going to call it the way I see it. And, you know, unfortunately, there's not more of me up there. Uh, you know, we have newer board members, and not like I said, 90% are conflicted because their direct family members work for the district, which is crazy, but it is what it is. And if they were to vote contrary to the small agenda, even as hideous as something like this is, uh, their relative would be retaliated against. I mean, they have a track record of doing such acts. Absolutely. I think that's part of the problem. I don't think that's all the problem. You also have friends and family up there. Um, you know, Marty is very, uh, uh, very vocal about how close he is with board members. He calls uh, Mrs. Bailey his aunt, you know, and then that's a wonderful thing. But, you know, when it's time to make hard decisions and time to do the right thing, who cares about relationship? Does his aunt stand up? Um, well, I'll say this on the Fraser matter. She did not. So, um, you know, that's, that's part of the problem. And, and keep in mind too, these are his handpicked candidates, Harry. We talked about election. We talked about my election where he spent a hundred thousand dollars trying to beat me and he didn't. And that same election, he handpicked his exact people he wants on there. By the way, no mayor in the history of that I can remember ever even got involved in the school board side outside of, you know, making a few comments at meetings. You know, here's this guy coming in, handpicking his candidates. Well, why would you think, Harry, you're an intelligent guy, you've been around the block, you've been a school board member. Why would a mayor handpick school board members? Well, in his case, it's, it's easy because he, he's so simple. He's a simpleton. So he's easy. He's easy to analyze. Number one, his wife is a superintendent, so he's got her back. And number two, it's all about control. He gets the people in that he basically owns and they vote exactly how the smalls want them to vote. That's exactly right. That's how I see it also. And look, you know, 
controls contracts, controls hiring and firing, controls the superintendent, controls legal. I mean, the list goes on. We could talk about that all day. But, you know, you ask me why, and that's my reasoning is, you know, these are handpicked candidates, friends and family of his that control, you know, the school board. And, John, meanwhile, we're going to go to the halftime break. We're going to be right back much more with Atlantic City Board of Education member John Devlin. Meanwhile, multiple children, one we can say was sexually assaulted because there's a conviction and the the perp is in jail, the direct relative of the Smalls. Uh, You have the accusation of the teacher and another sexual uh, crime alleged. And then you have this myriad list of other children whose parents, I believe, are either suing the city and the district presently, the district in particular, and certain people, I understand, uh, and we'll see how and where that goes. And they have a bunch of allegations beyond just uh, child number one that that is in the different documents that, that we have in our possession. Uh, a lot to talk about. I have a Laquetta Small issue for board member John Devlin next. This is the Hurley in the Morning program. We'll be right back. This is the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network. And it's Harry Hurley at 31 minutes past the hour. Three stories you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. After an inappropriate headline about Jerry Blavitt in the Atlantic City newspaper comes another inappropriate headline in the Philadelphia magazine. I have written a column about both of them. Uh, Both are terrible. We also have written this morning about the best seafood soups in Atlantic and Cape May counties. All I can say is yum. And another item, great New Jersey stores that we loved that are now closed forever. From the Townsport, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. All our storm-related advisories have been dropped. We say farewell to rain and hello to wind. Not that it ever really went anywhere. Probably still gusts to about 35 miles an hour through this afternoon. You will catch breaks of sun today. Temperatures settle around 47 later on. Mainly clear, quiet, chilly tonight, low 32. Partly sunny and 43 tomorrow, 50 degrees Saturday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. It's Jesse Kelly here. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. Great one. 38 minutes past the hour. We're visiting this hour with Atlantic City Board of Education member, longtime Atlantic City Board of Education president. And I can tell you when he was the president, it's a whole lot better than it is now. It's just just awful what's going on. I, I am amazed that the state of New Jersey puts up with this. I'm truly amazed. Uh, Either Governor Murphy does not look at it and has just entrusted Lieutenant Governor Sheila Oliver, who evidently is uh, very fond of Marty Small, uh, no accounting for taste, uh, that um, this can go on. It's, it's, It's beyond belief what they allow to go on. Case in point. John, uh, I'll pull out my. Let me get a visor on. I'll put a pocket protector in my suit jacket or my suit pocket, and uh, I'll put on my old board of education member uh, uniform. We were able, by law, by New Jersey law, long ago. I guess it wasn't even that long ago, but it seems like long ago. Maybe 
until about 15 years ago, or I don't remember the exact year, a superintendent would get tenure and then it would be very, very difficult. You know, it was pretty much job for life. There'd have to be some very, very significant thing happen for a board to be able to, with, you know, for cause to be able to remove a superintendent. They changed all that. And I thought it was a good change. You know, you, you make a superintendent have to earn it. Uh, most of them are very hardworking anyhow, so it doesn't really matter. But some are bums, and they get over on the taxpayers, and, and school districts suffer because of the bad ones. The state changed it to a board of education could either award a three-year contract or a five-year contract. I like that, and I'll tell you why. I was a fan of the three-year contract, no matter who the person was, because you're not obligating the taxpayers of your community for the extra two years. If they're great, you're going to one year out, you're going to renew and you're going to, you know, keep it going and give another three-year contract and, and away you go. Uh, I'm thinking of all the superintendents and, and some great ones. They all got three-year deals. Nobody got five-year deals. I said sight unseen that I knew it. I guaranteed without knowing that Laquetta Small got a five-year contract. And, John, I'm correct about that, right? She got a five-year contract, right? That's 100% correct, yes. 100% so so correct let, let's that. make sense of this. Experienced superintendents that are in repeat, you know, rehire, if you will, uh, many, many years within a district, one three-year contract after another. My understanding, Barry Caldwell had a three-year contract. Fred Nichols, who was an experienced, great superintendent who led Atlantic City to greatness in testing, uh, in building all the schools that got done. The late, great Fred Nichols, three years, con- three-year contracts, multiple ones. But here's Laquetta Small, who had never even been an assistant superintendent, that no one has any idea if she's going to be good or terrible in this position, and she gets a five-year deal. I rest my case, John. Everything that is wrong today in Bizarro World is encapsulated in that statement. How does a completely unproven, and some might even say unqualified, you know, there are some districts, I think they they put in the um, requirements, you have to at least have been an assistant superintendent. Uh, so she was qualified by however they drew it up for the Atlantic City position, but clearly as a principal, and I don't even remember she had been a, an elementary school principal and then a high school principal for a short period, but never even an assistant superintendent. Why did she get a five-year contract? Well, hi, a great, another great question. Um, let, let me start here. Many years ago, um, when I first came on the board, a really smart guy told me, he goes, listen, you're coming into a $100 million entity. Make it Think, think of it as a business. Think of those, now it's $234 million, but think of Atlantic City, forget about the politics, forget about everything, let's talk about it as a business, and you have a CEO who's control that business. Um, let's see, you know, keep it a, a, along those lines, meaning you put a, a prospect in a position, you know, option of a three-year contract or a five-year contract, you would think they would want as a as a good, responsible board of trustees, we would put somebody in there who doesn't have a track record. By the way, let's go backwards a little bit. You have a superintendent now, never worked in the admin, never was part of any administration, 
She was like a vice principal for like six months. And then when she became principal, I mean, when we do a nationwide search, we're looking for the brightest, most brilliant um, background of, you know, to become our superintendent. You know, uh, we had marvelous people, people that have been a superintendent, people that were, <clears throat> were nationally renowned uh, administrators from high schools, high school principals. So it was a really nice search that they threw out and we found the bill for that. But uh, the, the point being... And John, that, correct me if I'm wrong. If one of those from like the the Mount Olympus of, of uh, qualified superintendents, who knows, many of them had been superintendents or assistant superintendents, they would have been given a, a three-year contract, correct? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. It was, it was a, it was favoritism. Not, it's worse. And, you know, look, Karen, when you, if I'm hiring it for a $234 million position, I'm, I want the best and the brightest. Let's look at the track record. Okay. She was principal at Pennsylvania Avenue. We had children shot and killed at that school. Um, we won't talk about grades. We won't talk about attendance. Then she gets a promotion to the high school. Let's let's say a promotion because it's more money and it's our flagship school. Um, did you see any national headlines, uh, a recognition of her being a principal there? Um, you know, to me, I thought it was a failure. And then the next thing you know, we're promoting her to superintendent. Uh, unbeknownst to me, I wasn't part of that um, hypocrisy. Mm. Final break. Uh, more content with John Devlin coming up. Right after this, we're at 45 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. Sean Hannity. Department of Energy now is putting forward a rule that would phase out the use of compact fluorescent light bulbs as part of the Biden administration's efforts to remove less energy efficient bulbs from the market. We leave our light bulbs alone, leave our stoves alone, leave 7-Eleven alone. How much money a year does the government make by selling cigarettes and tobacco products with their taxes they put on it? Sean Hannity, weekday afternoons at 3 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. John Zarek will be joining us in a little over 15 minutes from now. We are visiting with John Devlin, the longtime president of the Atlantic City Board of Education, a 20-year-plus current member of the Board of Education. John, uh, tell us how, and this is not, I'm not being sarcastic, how is the 2023 year uh, school year going? Uh, Harry, I, you know, we have our challenges right now. Obviously, we spoke about the teachers without a contract. They're very frustrated. They came to the board with signs. They, their president was stood up, had a speech. Um, you know, there's talk of a walkout right now because just the morale is so bad. You know, um, so the scuttlebutt's out there. You know, that's very challenging. Obviously, you know, a $234 million budget, a historical budget, um, you know, uh, is, is something not to balk at. And a few others, you know, uh, you know, um, it, it's, it's going to be a cha- it has been a challenging year. It's going to be a challenging year. And again, you know, we talk about um, leadership going into 2023. It's a scary thing right now. Uh, I want to ask you something that I know happened at the board meeting of two nights ago. Board- uh, Steve Young was uh, escorted out of the meeting by either an Atlantic City police officer or whoever does uh, security at the board meetings. I was told an Atlantic City police officer at the direction of board president Chase Steele. Was that appropriate? 
Um, Harry, no, I, you know, my years there, we've never had that. And that wasn't even a raucous meeting. Steve, uh, Steve Young is, is an, everybody knows who he is. He's a nonviolent activist. He's been involved in this community as long as I can remember. And he was reading, um, facts from an FBI, uh, report that is public and, um, uh, making comments towards the president. Now, listen, when you're the president, um, you know, you have to understand that you, you you lead that ship and you better be open to criticism. If you can't handle that, then get out of the kitchen. Um, um, unfortunately, our, our president, you know, um, was very disturbed. At, I don't even know what, uh, some comment. And he cut him off prior to his three minutes being up and had the officer ordered a officer to escort him out. Um, I have a problem with that. That should have never happened. We should have been prior to anything. Steve Young did nothing wrong. By the way, what you, you say an officer, was that an Atlantic City police officer? Yes. We okay, because that's the only thing I couldn't confirm. I, 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 I get it. You pay for it and they're there or whatever. Here's what I'm asking, though. Uh, how does the board president ha- have uh, supervision? I mean, if a police officer was witnessing something that was either a dangerous threat maybe a physical threat or something that the officer who's actually trained uh, in these areas, the officer would make uh, a move, but the board president directed the officer to remove a citizen. That's a dangerous precedent, John. You know, this is America. You don't have to like someone. You don't have to like what they are saying, but you have the right in, in public session uh, and they already limit it. I think it's a disgrace. They limit it to three minutes because they don't want people to really be able uh, to be heard. People don't realize three minutes sounds like a long time. It goes very, very quickly. Then when they short circuit it and have you escorted out by the police before you even get your three minutes in. So we're going to give Steve Young an opportunity to be heard tomorrow. He wants to talk about the safety of the children in the Atlantic City public school system. He wants to talk about abuse of authority and threats um, by these officials. Uh, and if you want to hear that tomorrow at 735, we're going to visit with Steve Young. So, let John, let's continue. I appreciate you answering my question on that because I knew it happened. And I just wanted to, to just delve into that a little bit because I thought it was wrong. You know, if, you, if you're a, an appointed school board member or in Atlantic City, you're an elected school board member, you know, part of the job is you're going to take heat from the public. It could be parents that are unhappy with something that's going on in the school district. Uh, and there's going to be things said that you, you don't like, maybe you don't even agree with, but this is America and in open public session, you're supposed to have the right to be able to say what's on your mind. And I don't think it's appropriate to shut someone down. And I would say the same thing that you said, uh, Steve and I have had a very good relationship for more than 30 some years. He doesn't always agree with me. I don't always agree with him. We've never let it get in the way of being able to have dialogue with one another, but I never ever felt threatened in Steve Young's presence. Like he was going to make a move or that there would be some kind of violent thing that would happen. Everything I've seen him do is, is verbal. He's aggressive and, and, and he's loud, but so what? Yeah, I, I, I all the years I've known him, just as long as you, Harry, he's never used any kind of profanity. He, I've never been threatened by him. And listen, 
I've been on I've been president when he came in and criticized me. Hey, look, let me let me make a statement. And this is going to like cause heads to explode. I don't mean to cause spontaneous uh, cranium, uh, you know, uh, explosions right now. Steve Young is more professional than Marty Small. Yeah, that's going to be, you know why? Because, you know, Marty is listening, you know, look what is listening to your broadcast right now. So I'm sure his uh, his head is exploding up there on the seventh floor. But I agree with you. I wholeheartedly he, he agree. He is. With you. He's more and, professional. Uh, Marty. Go ahead. That's the reason uh, Marty um, took him off of the planning board uh, that he was on because, you know, he knew more than what Marty did. And, you know, he is. I guess offended or scared or intimidated by that, and, and that's how he retaliates. You know, he doesn't come after you as a man and speak to you face face. He he puts his assassins on you, his lawyers on you, and you know, next thing you know, you're off the ACMUA board, you're off the uh, planning zoning board. So. By the by the way, you have no doubt he was behind your ouster, correct? Oh, Harry. I mean, we know this. I mean, very soon, and I'll break it with you. Um, uh, there's some things happening. We know. We know he. Uh, had a secret meeting. All the uh, councilmen were there, and in that secret meeting, one of his <laughs> number one thing to do in this in that year was to oust me and try to, uh, you know, destroy my credibility, which everybody knows didn't happen. Everybody sees it. So, you know, I have my damn court. It's coming soon, and um, you know, obviously, I'll break that with you. But it's coming soon, Harry. We know that he retaliated against me. He conspired with his conspirators to retaliate against me because I criticized him and his actions and how his wife got superintendent. Everybody, I mean, that's not, you know, it's not, um, it's not like a big secret. He even still brags about it. So at the end of the day, I'll have my dude, you know, my dang court, but. Yeah, um, see, he doesn't care because it's not his money. And then he can even have attorneys that he wants to make money, make money off of his bad behavior. It's really a sick thing. I want elected officials to be personally accountable because taxpayers shouldn't have to pay for John Devlin's damages that should never have occurred. Marty Small, when you take the actions that he took in your case, taxpayers should not be on the hook for that. But unfortunately, they are because the system is corrupt and the system is controlled by the very people who are in office. So they're not going to put something in that would then give them personal liability. Marty Small, but I will tell you, there are occasions, and I, I hope you seek this path. After you take a piece of the ass out of the city taxpayers, because you're going to get a lot of money one day, John, you're going to be very, very rich. You're already a good man. You're going to be a good rich man in the not-too-distant future. I would encourage you, and I don't say this very often, to sue Marty Small personally. I've seen it done, and I've seen people have to pay because he took actions outside of the scope of his position to take you down. And you have the proof. I've seen it. You have the proof uh, that, that he controlled it. Uh, George Tibbet has already apologized publicly. Uh, for for what happened to you, quote unquote, we were lied to by Marty Small regarding John Devlin. You're going to own this guy, John. Final minute closing comment. Uh, closing comment, Harry. Just you might have a basketball. Hey, Mark, I just saw this, John. You might have a basketball court in the not too distant future. Yeah, in my backyard. In your, in your backyard, you might have a basketball court. And I got to tell you, it's beautiful. Collapsible rim, glass backboard, painted lines, three-point line, foul foul line, you three-point lane. 
you're going to have a basketball court, John. Yeah. The best, the best the taxpayers can pay, I guess. It's unfortunate. <laughs> um, you know, I'm laughing, but do, do you, do you, do you know it. what I mean by you're going to have a basketball court? You're not going to have to build it. I absolutely. It do. already exists. Yeah. Okay, I'm making sure we're on the same wavelength. I, closing comment. No, I, I agree. Okay. Yeah, closing comment. I, I, you know, a couple things. I want to thank the teachers um, for being so understandable with negotiations being drug on. You know, just want to make give them a shout out, keep the morale up. People are watching. We're watching. There's people above the board watching. Um, so, you know, keep the morale up, keep doing what you're doing. They're doing a phenomenal job. The best they can do with the resources they're given. And also, too, I just want to touch on this. You know, there's an Instagram um, out there. It's an anonymous Instagram. And unfortunately, they, they report a lot of ongoings in the day-to-day operations of the school. I, I That people are not hearing anywhere else, John. That's right. And, and, I, and I got to tell you, one of the ones I saw, and I'll just say it involves uh, male bo- body fluid, uh, was disgusting. And I believe it's true. And I'm investigating it right now. John, before we go, I am breaking a major Atlantic City Board of Education story tomorrow morning. I would say before 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I'm not going to breathe a word about what it's about until I release it on the app and at WPGTalkRadio.com. John, thanks for a great hour. WPG Atlantic You're City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. John Zara. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. It's six minutes past the hour. Very pleased to report that John Zarek is here. John is the official and exclusive lead counsel for criminal defense legal matters for the Hurley in the Morning program. The law offices of John Zarek present Smart Law with John Zarek. Every Thursday morning in the 8 o'clock hour, the law offices of John Zarek focuses their efforts on criminal defense law. Their goal is to provide you and yours with the very best legal defense. And they, they're just terrific. If I've inspired you to call, please tell them that. They um, can be reached. They have a lot of different phone numbers, but I'll give you one central number that's probably best to keep. Um, I would put it in your phone uh, or wherever you keep your, your important phone numbers, Rolodex, whatever, 609 641 2266. I'll repeat 609 641 2266 on the web at johnsarek.com. John, good morning. Good morning, Harry. Hey. Good to be here. Good to have you. Uh, I wanted to talk. Uh, first thing I wanted to say was uh, there are lots of people out there who have. Uh, I'm a criminal defense lawyer. It's what I do all day, sometimes all night weekends, whatever. I, you know, I, I deal with people who call me and say, um, I just got a call from the state police. They want to talk to my son, or I just got a call from my husband. Um, she's at, uh, landing police department, uh, Hamilton township, um, which we do, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we, we deal with this, uh, more or less seven days a week. And, um, you know, we, we deal with, with trouble. That's my main 
thing. You know, that's what I do. Um, but, um, I joke with my friends, like I say, uh, and my clients, I say, you know, what I do is criminal defense, but I know everything. So, um, don't hesitate to call me on, uh, on any issue that you have. And uh, of course that's an exaggeration, but what I, what I mean to say is when, when I started out, you know, I, I did, um, you know, very, very early on, I did tax in, in law school. I concentrated on, uh, tax and corporate. So I did, um, you know, corporate tax, advanced corporate tax, um, business organizations, partnership taxation, you know, like complex stuff. And I thought I was going to be a corporate lawyer, but, uh, I think, um, you know, and I thought I was going to be a corporate lawyer until I started doing it. I, I know I wrote the first, uh, in, in the state of Maryland anyway, I wrote the first ERISA, um, you know, they passed a law and when there were a lot of scandals in the, um, um, the pension, uh, systems, uh, people were losing their pensions. Companies were going bankrupt and losing pensions and, you know, they, they, so the government passed a massive law that's still in today where, you know, you had to do, it was very complex and you had to you know, set up pension plans that were protective of the people. So I, I, I wrote, um, the first pension plan from scratch. There were no, you know, there were no guides, there were no templates or anything like that. Uh, the first pension plan in the state of Maryland, and, um, it was, uh, you know, it was very boring. <laughs> I was good at it, but I, I just couldn't see, eventually I couldn't see sitting there and, uh, and looking at papers all day and not really inter interacting with people very much. So I did that and, um, you know, in corporate work at the time. And, um, and then when I first started practice here, then I went uh, to work for the federal government for four years and I flew around the country. And then when I started practice here, I, you know, did everything. I, I didn't know about how to do private practice except as an employee for a, a firm. Um, so I, you know, I did personal injury cases and, you know, prepared the cases, went to court, selected juries, you know, argued the case, got verdicts, um, you know, it was that sort of thing. And then, you know, wills and estates and real estate deals. And, you know, I represented a, a couple of guys, a partnership. They actually bought the Philadelphia IRS service center, which I don't know today in today's money, maybe that would be 200 million, maybe or something like that. So I, I know how to do a lot of stuff, but it, I always oriented toward criminal. I always did criminal law and then I oriented toward criminal law and then before too long, exclusively criminal law. So, but I, I want people out there, you know, my, my friends and, and listeners and, you know, anyone I can help, um, if they have any kind of problem, any kind of legal problem, you know, um, please call, you know, call the office. Uh, you've got the numbers, 641-2266. 
and I'll be glad to answer questions. And I, I'm mentioning that today because if I don't mention it, um, people forget. Mm-hmm. If I mention it, I'll get a number of calls uh, this week, next week. But over time, you know, that'll kind of fade out. So I want people to call me and I want, you know, I'm glad to answer those questions. Even if I'm not going to be the person handling the case, I can very often keep people very often save people a lot of money by saying, no, that's not an issue. You don't need to hire a lawyer and, you know, run up a $5,000 bill to figure out that that doesn't make any sense. I can tell you right now, it doesn't make any sense. So, uh, I enjoy doing that and I want to make sure people know that. Terrific. Um, yeah. And also, uh, you know, wanted to support our police uh, again. Um, you know, people are opposed to the police. They, uh, uh, many people in the country are still opposed to the police. We have another so-called riot in, uh, in, uh, Atlanta, I think. I, I think if I have the story straight, I think the person there shot a policeman. If I'm, I, I didn't dig into the details. I'm not ready to roll on that issue again. We did a lot of that, yeah. uh, during the, fake riots, uh, fake motivated riots of, uh, you know, the, before the election. And, uh, but I think, I think the person shot the police, a policeman, and then in turn was killed by other policemen. And, um, and then there's a big riot. Now I might, I might not have that hundred percent right, but it's, um, it's very, it's worth it to say, and I think it's important to say the police are our line against the bad guys. Their police are our line against people that will really severely harm us. And, um, you know, fortunately I don't deal with, uh, you know, I don't really have a, a street shoot him in the head type guy practice. Um, you know, most of those People are represented by public defenders, but you know, I I, I see police uh, exercising restraint. I see them absolutely um, listening to um, clients when they say they'd like to have an attorney or they'd like to be questioned with an attorney. Uh, I see them acting, and I don't see cases of police brutality. Um, in my practice, I mean, I'm sure there's always someone that could go off and have a major problem or a mental problem and, you know, not act appropriately, but I just don't see it. You know, all I see is, is good cops, uh, who are doing good things. That doesn't mean they're unable to make a mistake, but, you know, anybody can make a mistake. And when they are do make a mistake, the other people jump on it right away. John, let me get the break in. We're approaching, we're at 16 minutes past the hour with John Zarek, the official lead counsel for criminal defense legal matters for the Hurley in the Morning program. And our esteemed Atlanta County prosecutor, Will Reynolds, would like to call in, which I told him, please do. On behalf of John, uh, I took the liberty of telling him to call in and we'll visit with him and John uh, on this topic. Uh, you perked John, the prosecutor's interest uh, on what you opened with today on your program, and he'll join us next with John Zarek. I am.
Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Healthy life. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 20 minutes past the hour at Smart Law with John Zarek, and we're also joined by Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds. Mr. Prosecutor, say hello to John. Let's try to do that again. Mr. Prosecutor, say hello to John. I am here. Yes. Hey, John, how you doing? <laughs> Hi, Mr. Prosecutor. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, sharing your time with me. You hit on a uh, on a current you're, you're uh, welcome. sensitive topic. You're, yeah, you're welcome the whole show if you want. You're uh, always welcome. I, I appreciate it. I uh, only need about five to ten minutes because you hit on a topic that's a current issue that we're dealing with. And uh, I, I thought not only that you and, and uh, Harry should know, but the listening audience because I want to show how proactive law enforcement in Atlanta County is to address uh, both local and national issues. So uh, there's going to be a body cam release uh, of footage today from an incident that occurred in Memphis, Tennessee on January 7th, where an African-American male is stopped, motor vehicle stopped. He actually flees from the scene. He is eventually beaten by five African-American male officers. And three days after the incident, he passes away. And uh, there's been a subsequent investigation. Those officers have been terminated. And uh, the body cam footage is being released today. In anticipation of that, uh, we had a conference call with the attorney general and the superintendent of the state police last evening. And in response to that, we've done a ton of community outreach, both in law enforcement, chiefs of police, municipal prosecutors, faith-based leaders, NAACP, and uh, we are rallying the troops so that there's not a negative response here in Atlanta County because of the relationships that we built with uh, law enforcement and uh, community leaders. And we have been working all night and this morning to make sure that, you know, everybody understands that those relationships are very important for us in Atlanta County and that we're going to work together and regardless of how bad uh, and we don't know what the what the footage looks like, regardless of how bad the footage is going to look like, that, uh, you know, those type of things uh, don't happen in Atlanta County, and we're going to continue to prevent them from happening based on our relationships and training of law enforcement. Thanks. Thanks for that comment. And, uh, you know, this is a – Atlanta County is a good example of of how things should be run and how law enforcement should act and how things are responded to quickly. And, you know, this is uh, your actions now are evidence of that. So, and, and John and Prosecutor Reynolds, what's so important about this conversation is we live in times, and, and it's been this way in the 60s, it's been this way before, uh, then things t- tend to quiet down uh, until the next eruption. But whenever you have a situation, especially when there's video involved, that that just challenges our ability to comprehend and you see someone just getting pummeled, uh, that typically results in rioting and violence that takes place like we saw in Atlanta and the case that um, that that prosecutor Reynolds is talking about. So being proactive on that prosecutor is not only smart, it's the absolute right thing to do. 
it's it, you know just trying to get in front of any potential problems and then show support for the community and say hey we understand and uh you know like you said this is a problem that that continues to rear its ugly head and we have to work together to make sure it doesn't happen I'm, and, and harry and john you guys both know i'm a stats guy i've always focused on numbers because i think the proof is in the pudding uh atlantic city in 2021 only had one excessive force complaint and in 2022 zero excessive force complaints that's that's pretty amazing considering the volume of calls and arrests that occur in atlantic city which is obviously the the uh our biggest consumer at the prosecutor's office they generate the most cases for us so if you look at that you know in a vacuum atlantic county is doing pretty good and I, i would be safe to say that we're probably doing better than most other counties in the country and prosecutor zero and one uh sounds great stand alone but compared to previous years where there were many more, it also shows great improvement. Yeah, I mean, you, if you go back a decade, uh, it was not good, no. right? So you go 2012 to 2022, there has been a, a uh, huge decrease and uh, improvements in training and uh, collaboration and cooperation with law enforcement and the community. And I think that's why... You know, it's so important for the public to know, like, hey, we're, we're working together and we're listening to people, right? Because we need to listen to their concerns to make them understand how important it is that we understand because perception's reality, right? No so. no question. John Zarek, anything further and for courtesy. Prosecutor Reynolds? Go. Yes, cur- courtesy awesome. goes so far, so far. It, it's it's awesome. a, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's free protection for the police for the citizens, for everybody. And uh, that is, courtesy is at a, at a really high level in Atlanta County, um, and I'd say in Cape May County too. Uh, if if you're dealing with any law enforcement, and this has never been as, as good as it is right now, if you're dealing with prosecutors, uh, police, state police, uh, law enforcement, agents working in task forces, uh, the sheriff's department, the corrections officers, everyone, and I mean everyone, is pleasant, friendly, um, courteous. Goes, they go out of their way to help you within the rules. You know, you got to show up with an ID, for example. But if if they'll go out of their way to do anything to uh, accommodate any citizen, it, it's really at a very high level and I, and I, you know, so I commend the prosecutor and um, all those who are working to make this a better place and a better environment and a safer environment for the police and for the citizens. So, you know, just little things, um, little changes in attitude and it, and it does come from the top, uh, little changes in attitude make a tremendous difference and it's making that difference here. It's, it's, unheard of that we would have no complaints or one and in one year and one complaint in another year i mean in the old days they came by the dozens you know that harry and yeah. uh, and the prosecutor probably has the statistics on it but you know it's it it makes it it makes everybody want to comply and makes everyone want to cooperate with police and also doesn't do we agree it also makes the community look differently at the police department because there's not this um uh even if it's not talked about a lot it, th- there is this underlying issue that oh my gosh they have so many 
uh, excessive force complaints. You know, the, the cops are just beating people up. They just it gives that it gives good people a bad name. And when there are no such statistics to draw upon, uh, the opposite should be true. We should commend that. And I'm glad we're doing that right now. Amen, guys. And I'll tell you, and there's there's a couple different bodies that we're involved with that I think that contribute to that. There's a Citizens Advisory Board in Atlantic City, the police department run by Julie Smolino, who's on the Casino Control Commission. And then the uh, Coalition, Coalition for Safe Communities, which is run by Perry Mays. Uh, and those, those community groups being involved in law enforcement, having those relationships, help everyone be held accountable. And, uh, you know, body-worn cameras definitely contribute to being held accountable. And as, as my brother Tom uh, Turk Reynolds, who's a lawyer as partners with Steve Shepard, used to say, courtesy is a two-way street, right? And when you open the doors on both sides, people tend to be nicer to each other, just like John talked about. There's no so, doubt. And, and uh, Prosecutor, doesn't it also encourage and help community policing that I know you're very, very big about? And then the public is engaging with police officers through uh, a spectrum of trust. Amen. And that's, that's exactly what uh, I said on the way into the office seven months ago, back in June, is that one of my primary goals was to build trust with the community and change the public perception of what the Atlanta County Prosecutor's Office is and how great and how much hard work those people do in that office. And that's been one of my primary focuses since the day we got in. So, amen. John, anything else before we go to the break? Uh, just keep up the good work. It's uh, if we if we all keep this going and treat each other with respect, we're going to have a better community, and we do have a good community, and it's it's good and getting better. We'll see how how far we can go. It's excellent, Prosecutor Reynolds. Thank you, sir. Appreciate, yep, appreciate yep. the opportunity, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. You do the same, Prosecutor Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds uh, on uh, Smart Law with John Zarek on the Hurley in the Morning program. That's why you listen, because you never know what's going to happen next. It's 30 minutes past the hour, so you know what we have to do. That's right. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley with three stories, but I'm telling you, we've been really busy writing. Check out the app. Check out the website. After an inappropriate Jerry Blavitt headline in an Atlantic City newspaper that we crushed, Here comes another inappropriate headline and article in a Philadelphia magazine. We responded uh, in kind and crushed that. We also wrote about the best seafood soups in two counties, Atlantic and Cape May counties, and great New Jersey stores that we loved that are closed forever. It's very nostalgic. Check it out. On the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Lots of big puddles out there from our overnight drenching, so watch for splashes and hydroplaning. Rain is pretty much done at this point, aside from some spotty sprinkles and mist. So we're drying out today. You'll see breaks of sun. It will be windy. Temperature settles around 47 this afternoon. Mainly clearing quiet tonight, low 32. Partly sunny and 43 tomorrow. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. I'm here at the Hurley in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. Thank you. Welcome back. I'm Hurley in the Morning with John Zarek, who hosts Smart Law with John Zarek every Thursday morning in the 8 o'clock hour. Counselor, that was a nice surprise visit, a uh, nice star that, it was. that shined on your show. Uh 
Good stuff. Yeah, it was. By the way, yeah, not, not look, we already had the interview, so it's not, not like we're blowing smoke. But you talk about getting out of the box running. Seven months and the, the accomplishments and the focus and the work in the community and all of it. Uh, I, I commend everybody involved from Governor Murphy, who was agreeable to switch off of who he was going to pick. There was already, as you know, John, there was already somebody else. It was done. I mean, just the ink. It was invisible ink or something. I mean, it was so done, it was done. Uh, and Palestina uh, leadership, and he just doggedly would not, you know, give in. And Governor Murphy agreed. And we are so very fortunate because no, no offense to who, who it would have been, but the difference for me between somebody from this area and some transplant from somewhere else, uh, that, as you know, John, I don't have to tell you, I'm just telling our listeners together, that's a very important position in your county. That's a big deal. And they, and they got it right with Will Reynolds, big time. Yeah, it's life and death. It's life and death. Yep. And uh, Chairman Purdy also. I, I left him out and you're right. Really tirelessly. Yep. You're right about that. Yeah. Worked tirelessly to, to uh, um, make sure that appointment was made. And, you know, it, look... Uh, sometimes the good guys win. Yeah. And you don't talk about them much because obviously you're in the different courtrooms and such, but also great job on, and again, Palestina leadership, great job on the uh, superior court uh, judgeships that have been filled. Uh, there, are, As you know, there are a lot of what are called vicinage, uh, is a plural, that are really um, with several or more judges that, that have to be filled I believe Atlanta County is now full complement. Everyone is filled. Uh, It's an example again. And as you know, when it was Tony Gibson, who was the number one rated judge in the state of New Jersey at the Superior Court level, the Atlanta County vicinage, one of the finest that you'll find anywhere in the country. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it goes back. It goes back a long way. But, uh, yeah, the recent appointments are. Certainly appointments that uh, the prosecutors and the defense bar would be happy with. You know, you want people that know what they're doing. You know, you want, you know, the, the most important thing is, is competence. And um, you want people that uh, are even tempered and know how to cut through the nonsense and get the job done. You know, nobody wants to, nobody wants to be bogged down in a courtroom for two hours uh, because a judge doesn't know what they're doing um, or can't can't take part of the situation. And that happens, you know, throughout history. That's happened from time to time. Um, and nobody wants a vindictive judge or a nasty judge. You know, that's that's uh, that's universal. They, you know, they, they don't make no matter which side they pick, they make everybody um, have an unpleasant day. So and and it hurts the you know that kind of stuff hurts the image of the judiciary and the government you know and it and it really ultimately when you have when you have mean people in the system or nasty people in the system it it ultimately breeds disrespect for the law and ultimately can cost lives um, you know because people may have to. Um, you know, as as uh, Judge Guerrera used to say, he he would say it the correct way. You know, he was really 
he, he was rough and tumble in person. You know, he would throw things at you and threaten you and stuff. <laughs> but only in chambers, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I, but he was, you know, he was really a good-hearted guy. Really a good-hearted guy. And, and the longer he's gone, the more... Um, you know, the more I appreciate that. But he had a, he, he had a saying. He wouldn't, um, you know, if, he, if if someone did some really bad stuff. I mean, um, he he wouldn't and had to had obviously had to go for a very long time. He he'd say, um, you know, Mister uh, Wilson. Um, now you've been found guilty of. Um, you know, chopping someone's head off and of this and, you know, killing someone else and, um, you know, terrorizing people in the community. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you've got to be removed from society, you know, removed from society, you know. And and then he'd say, so I'm sentencing you to 128 years or something like that. Um, and there are such people, but he... He would do it in not a mean way. <laughs> I'm joking here. It's really a joke. He'd be mean to us. <laughs> He'd be mean to the lawyers and the prosecutors. But uh, I remember one time I I I, I had a run. Um, I had a run of uh, I, I had four consecutive jury trial acquittals in his courtroom, and he did like to see people get convicted once in a while. <laughs> and uh, I was, I was about to start a trial. Uh, I, I think probably the last one, he said, um, now Zarek, this back in chambers, he was like, uh, he would hold court with, you know, half a dozen, seven, eight attorneys in his little office. Cause you know, everyone wanted to be there for the show. And I remember him saying, um, now Zarek, any of your usual activities in this trial, we're going to be handing out fines, Eric. So fines. Now all my colleagues are there and everybody's laughing. And I said, Judge, I, I, I'm beyond fines. I need time to straighten me out. But I don't want work release or anything. I want straight time. <laughs> I don't want to be bothered. Oh, that is so, so he, fantastic. You know, he, uh, he, he faked picking up a book to throw at me and the, the correction, you know, the, the – um, Sheriff's officer was like holding him back. <laughs> this is great. He would, he would really put on a show. It was great. Oh, this is wonderful. It was great. John, let's get the final break in. Loved, I loved listening to, to the story. It was um, fantastic. With John Zarek, I am Hurley in the Morning. We'll be right back. This portion of the Hurley in the Morning program is also brought to us by Perfect Basement. We've been seeing the damage that storms can cause. If rain leads to water, and you might know it from the past 24 hours, uh, check things out. But you look in your basement or in your crawl space if there's an issue or the foundation of your home. Call Perfect Basement, and I'll give you a better way. Uh, navigate straight from the website that I'll give you in just a moment. You'll get a completely free, no-pressure inspection for waterproofing, mold remediation. I'm telling you, if you have mold, if you see mold, you need to jump on that because I, I know people that have had this go to their lungs, and it, it can involve very, very um, significant health issues. So if you need mold remediation, foundation repair, as I mentioned, perfect basement, 
I'm asking you to contact Brian. Perfect Basement is family owned. They're based right here in South Jersey, licensed and certified and accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Ask about discounts and special services for realtors. Visit perfectbasement.com. That's perfectbasement.com. And tell Brian that Harry Hurley sent you. Back with John Zarek in just a little bit. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Text the WPG Talk Radio studio. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app, a free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 10 minutes before the top of the hour. You're listening to Smart Law with John Zara. Counselor, time is yours. Yes, uh, it's uh, it's good to think of Judge Guerrero and think of uh, all the good judges we've had, really. Um, and it's good to have uh, have that continue. You know, and and the the one thing I see uh, currently, and I get it, it goes. We talked about law enforcement and courtesy and uh, sheriffs officers, officers, corrections officers. Um, and remember, they're high stress jobs. You know, you're you're dealing with people, a certain percentage of which would seriously harm you if you got the chance, if they got the chance. You know. Um, I mean, most people in the jail are, you know, they're not real bad people. They're people that, you know, who they have a problem with mental illness or emotional illness. They have a a problem with uh, substance abuse or alcohol or some other difficulty or, you know, they they just weren't um, raised in a way that, was promoted being social, you know, they're raised in a way uh, very often where, you know, fighting and aggression was, was admired and it was an example for them. So, you know, but, but still they're not, you know, they're not, they don't dream of cutting people up in little pieces, you know, but there are people once in a while that, uh, that law enforcement deals with, that uh, corrections officers deal with, that sheriff officers deal with, you know, who who do think that way. I mean, they, you know, there are some bad people out there who will kill people if they have the opportunity to do it. Um, you know, kind of the old saying, kill them just to watch them die. Um, not not my clients, you know, not the, tip, not the type of client that I represent, but you know they're there, and so there's you, you, when you're in an environment where someone you know that there are people around who would kill you if they got the opportunity, that can put a little stress on you. You know that can make that can make you a little wary of um, of, of your environment. And we've had, you know, in recent years we've had circumstances where there'd be a routine investigation and someone pulls a gun out and shoots the police officer. You know that's that's going to um, take some work to overcome. Um, and, and from what I can see, the, the police officers do the work. 
they do overcome it. You know, they do act with restraint, and uh, it's very commendable that they do. And uh, you know, and that's generally the case in the in the county law enforcement, the prosecutors, defense lawyers are in general. I don't see you know there 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 were days in the past where you, you had your mad dog <laughs> defense lawyers who would you know be nasty to people and disrespectful and so forth um i just don't see it these days i just don't see it so it's a it's a really good thing it's a hopeful thing for the for the society too without a doubt john about six minutes left in your program time is yours yeah i wanted to um also give a little review of what's what's going on in criminal defense um well first before i say that i um we do have a a charity um we recently got our 501c3 um certification so any any donation is tax deductible ukraine humanitarian inc um easiest just to call my office and uh and ask how to make a donation will will tell you the money is really really desperately needed uh you know my brother is is traveling uh, over to ukraine uh, going to europe uh, on the first and uh what's going on now is there there are people it's so heartbreaking there are people who are starving and freezing they they you know, there, there are widespread photographs now of people and videos of people who's, who have frostbite so bad, they're in unheated apartments, uh, frostbite so bad that their, their toes are gone. You know, they're all black. Uh-huh. You know, once that happens, then they have to be removed. And it's, it's heartbreaking. And most- I, ju- I just checked in uh, Kiev right now, Kiev City. It's 31 degrees. It's a degree below freezing mm-hmm. even after the sun is up. That's the high. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, that'll be your high. Yeah, that'll be the high. Wow. Um, the lows are 20s and teens right now. So it's. And by the way, I'm looking at it right now, John. Even when it hits 31, it will feel like 24 with the wind chill. And, and incidentally, uh, they will. It is 31 right now. But then it goes down quickly to 30, 29, 29, 27, 27, and lower as the night goes on. And looking 10 days out, it's it's going to be even colder. So uh, it just has to be just horrible for these people. Yeah, there's a desperate need for um, – we just purchased a, uh, a van um, for – specific purpose of getting people food and uh and medicine and uh and also there are crews out that are patching out up houses so that what heat people can generate it stays in you know so many of these places are shot up especially along uh you know kerson um kerson uh, kharkiv uh, the bakhmut area um you know Mark was in Bakhmut, uh, which is nearly impossible to think about, but it's it's really delivered food there, delivered medicine there. It's really, a, and, and there's tremendous need. So we're gathering whatever money we can uh, to make as many runs as possible to, to get people this help. And it's, 
it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, there's widespread frostbite. And I don't mean cold toes. I mean toes gone or, you know, fingers gone, or, you know, because they're, they're dead from frostbite, black from frostbite. So, um, and if they don't get removed, then you have uh, gangrene and, and death ultimately. So really a big need. So anybody that can donate, just call my office, uh, Ukraine Humanitarian Inc. You can send a check to that, to my office or, or call the office. And the 501c3 is, is fully approved and that's retroactive. So that goes back to the beginning when we filed and it covers all donations that are made. Um, so, um, that's the most, that's the most important thing we're, we're dealing with right now. But, um, I want to talk about a little bit about, um, law. There's, there's such an abundance of drugs. Um, it's almost like, it's almost like what it would be. I think if drugs were legalized, you know, just, Lots of lots of heroin, lots of fentanyl. You know the border's wide open, so people, you know, the cartels know all they got to do is, you know, strap a backpack onto somebody, and that's enough heroin to keep New Jersey going for, uh, you know, for a month. I mean, wow. it's just, I mean, a fentanyl because, you know, a big pack, a big uh, pack of fentanyl. Um, backpack of fentanyl or suitcase of fentanyl will, you know, it, it, it goes a long way. And so it's, so they have people going across the border all the time. It's such an epidemic, John, as you know, um, especially since the border has been so unprotected, there has been enough fentanyl to kill every American three times each. I mean, it's unbelievable. Sure. Sure. So that's going on. And that, you know, when the border stays open, that's what's, going to happen uh, and this is not to speak against uh, immigrants or even immigrants that are here um, undocumented 30 seconds um, John you know yeah people are going to if the, if they're if they're hungry they're going to try and they're not doing well they're going to try to move in to another place where they can do well but um, the problem is we're not doing it the right way. We need people, but we have to have them in a documented way and enter the country in a way that we can control, especially the heroin and fentanyl coming in. It's it's absurd. So that's got to be changed. It's heartbreaking to see what I see. No doubt about day. it. John Zarek, I thank you to reach John Zarek. You can reach him at 609-641-2266. Thank you for a great visit, John. My pleasure, Harry. Thank you, Thanks. Thanks. You know it. WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Joanne. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. It's six minutes past the hour. Very pleased to report it's our first visit in the brand new year, which it's hard to believe. But in a couple of days, the year 2023 will be one twelfth over. I know that's sort of a 
maybe even a peculiar way to look at it. If you break it down into 12 parts, one of them is almost over, and it almost feels like before it even began. I'm a big fan, and I would urge you, and we'll get Joanne on in just a second. You don't ever want to give away the first month of the year. No matter what you do for a living, if you're in sales, if you're in operations, uh, whatever the, the business might be, many people almost give away the first month. You, you can't do it. You've got to be ready for January uh, at least with a couple of weeks to go in the previous year. You've got to have your January teed up and ready to go. Or all of a sudden it's February, and if you're in a business where you have quarterly goals or and, – and there are a lot of different things that this impacts – uh, if you give up the first month, that's one-third of your first quarter. It's really important. Joanne Daly is here. Joanne is our official and exclusive real estate expert for the Hurley in the Morning program. And Joanne is typically with us on the fourth Thursday of every month. We're going to talk about that because we're going to move this uh, to a different day. But we'll get back to you on that uh, in plenty of advance notice. Uh, Joanne uh, leads her team at REMAX Platinum Properties of Ventnor. They're at 5321 Atlantic Avenue in Ventnor. 609, I'm going to give you Joanne's hotline, the special priority line, 609-513-8969. That's 609-513-8969. Hello, Joanne. Happy New Year. And it's our first program together in the new year. Hi there. Happy New Year. Can you believe it's January? Can you believe 26? it's Yeah, and can you believe it's it, right? It's almost February. So, this is getting crazy in our we're going to you know we're going to be doing it. We're going to be talking about how where did year 2023 go? But before we get to the end of 2023, let's talk about the beginning. How are things going in the new year? I'd say it's kind of interesting of even like what you said earlier about how you start off January. Um, in our industry, it's a new year. Um, everybody's kind of bracing themselves. Typically, this in our Atlantic County market, this is a big opening for the summer season. So we start preparing for the summer come January. Um, and it's been a little interesting so far. I mean, we're already doing summer rentals. Wow. So I think that's a really indicator that we're going to have a really nice year. I think it's nice. People are traveling more now. Um, they're getting out. The COVID thing is still there, but not as prevalent and as crazy. So people are willing to travel, vacation, go to the resorts and have, you know, have some fun. I think they're kind of busting loose. <laughs> and you know what I think, too, Joanne? I think rates coming down from seven to six ish. I think that makes a big difference. It does, because now, you know, people who are like uh, hedging, like, oh, they're going to go up. Let's We're going to wait and see how high they're going to go, you know. But now they're back down to a little bit more reasonable and normal. This is actually a really nice normal rate. Um, this is affordable, you know. So we are seeing a little bit of that. We still have tight inventory, though. Yeah. So that's kind of an issue. Do you, um, do you actually, I, I keep trying to drill down on this in every way that I can, is this a permanent issue or is this a cyclical type deal? Because it has persisted now for the entire length of the pandemic. My belief, and it's it's because I've had you as my expert, is that a lot of people bought 
and rented here in our area during the pandemic because they love the area. They looked at it as safer than in some of the more densely populated um, metropolitan type, you know, big cities. Uh, So people from Pennsylvania, people from New York, elsewhere were buying and renting down here. We don't seem to have ever recovered from that, have we? And I only mean that from an inventory standpoint. Right. And, and, and that's correct. Because that drove that market and inventory, I'll say for all intents and purposes, was depleted, um, we're, at, we're at our like all-time low for having inventory. I see that as kind of staying the same, like the new normal, until some of the corporate, corporate um, employers figure out what they're going to do. What would what would free up inventory, uh, Joe? Would it would it would it only be able to change by additional units being built? Well, that always adds to it, but it's typically people moving, downsizing, moving for jobs. Yeah, and that's the that's the market that's that's interesting because now corporations are are calling some people back into the office. Corporate, some corporations are actually selling their office space. I know a whole building is going down, going to be knocked down. They're emptying it out because people left that working from home. And now they're going to, they're selling the building to make it a warehouse. Um, and it's a huge, huge, big, big financial building that now because of the rents, they can't get the rents because all the corporations that lease floors out for their businesses are, are working from home. Wow. So until that change, if they get people back in a workforce, back in buildings, I don't see much of that changing. And by the way, important programming note, I should have said it a few minutes ago at the beginning, uh, and we're already 13 minutes into Joanne's program. Joanne uh, has to leave us this morning by 945. So we'll have some open forum that we'll close the program with. I'll hold the last break. So it's going to work out very well. You, we'll, we'll, we'll hold the last break until you leave, Joanne. Then we'll have some open forum from, uh, for about 15, 16 minutes. Uh, so Joanne has to, um, to leave the program early. We'll, we'll make it count with the time that we have a little more than a half hour at this point. Let me ask you about rental prices because the last time you and I chatted, and it didn't start then, we've been talking about it for quite a while. They have been going absolutely bananas the, the prices are, I mean, they're all-time high. In some cases, you almost can't believe it, can you? Is that still prevailing? It is. It, it really is. In fact, on my way to the office this morning, you know, a woman called me, and she's in a particular bind, and she's looking for something with low rent. <sighs> and it's, it's impossible. You know, it's technically impossible. Um the rents are, are way up there. Now, some of the economic factors kind of drive that where if you're at a certain point in a rental, if you're paying 2000 2500 in a rental, you know, you can technically afford a mortgage. Exactly. So, so what's the answer to that, Joanne? I mean, it could be that somebody can't qualify for the um, for the mortgage, they might have a credit issue. But then again, the way rentals are going now, you have to have good credit to rent unless you get really lucky. Maybe somebody knows you or uh, in the rare instances where someone just 
I, I don't want to use this term, but I will takes a flyer and just thinks, hey, this person will be you know, outstanding. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to do credit check or worry about it if they have a 600 or 500, whatever. But talk about that uh, because on one hand, you used to rent because either you wanted to rent you just didn't want you maybe you didn't want to have to fix any repairs or mow the lawn or you just were maybe you owned at one point and now you wanted to rent but like you said if you're renting an apartment for two thousand dollars and in some cases i know it's it's a lot more than that i'm not going to reveal this person that i know but they're they're in an apartment right now in absecon i believe the rent is like twenty three hundred a month and that's discounted in some cases it's 2800 but that's somebody that signed on for either an extra period of time or some kind of loyalty you know um price uh by re-signing and getting a, a, an advantage by signing another lease that kind of thing so like you said earlier if you're paying 2300 or 2500 what's anybody paying someone else's mortgage you should be paying your own mortgage and that's true, and and most people would like to do that. However, you know, getting the loans done are still tricky with you know credit, um, income verification. Some people switch jobs. Some people took reduced salaries to work from home. There's all kinds of you know facets that actually go into that. Um, people used to rent so that they could save money for a down payment for a house and now that is impossible yeah you can't you can't save anything i'll tell you what i saw also and maybe we can chat about this on the other side of the break joanne we actually did a um uh an article for wpgtalkradio.com and on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app and it was on the the information that and this is this is empirical data for the first time in recorded history rental prices are eating up more than 30% of the money that the average American earns. So before food and clothing and anything else that's going on in your life, you want to have some, you know, ability to recreate and go out a little bit and, you know, you need to have economic spend for that. It's th- more than 30% just for the rent. Joanne, that's, that's, unprecedented and it's i think it's life-changing it's game-changing and in fact this study did uh actually take the step to conclude that it is a quality of life issue in america right now all over the country it's not not unique to any one area with joanne daly our official real estate professional i am early in the morning wpg talk radio 95.5 and on the wpg talk radio app Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me today at 3, but now back to Hurley in the Morning right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, Sean Hannity. We are back. It's 21 minutes past the hour with Joanne Daly, the official an exclusive real estate professional, the expert for the Hurley in the Morning program. You can reach Joanne by calling 609 609- and let me give you the, the hotline. I, I'm happy to give you the main number, but I want to give you the hotline. 609-513-8969. That's 609-513-8969. If you're calling Joanne to purchase, to sell, to rent a property, and if I've inspired you to call Joanne, please tell her that. 609-513-8969. 
So this whole uh, notion uh, of these rental prices, uh, game-changing, isn't it, Joanne? It is, and it's really sort of sad, I want to say, for the younger community, because I see a lot of them working two jobs to make that 30% of their rental income. Isn't that crazy? So, um, it is, and, you know, it's... Uh, you know, it's nice to see them working and working two jobs to, you know, succeed. But a lot of them are treading water by working two jobs. Right. You know, and like you said, not able to put anything aside. So even if the credit score is, um, you know, preferred credit where you want to be, 720 and above, I guess it all depends. You know, these I know they have the uh, three credit scores and the middle one and all this, but um, you want to be preferred credit standing if you can and even if you are there if you are paying the equivalent and in some cases it, it i think you can make the case you're paying more than you would to own your home and of course with owning your home i know it's a standard deduction now and not as it used to be where you could itemize a lot of things but you still have that standard deduction that certainly is a benefit uh, that you don't have if you're renting so it really it, it puts somebody uh, in in a tight spot where for the foreseeable future, unless something changes, either they make more money later or if something evens out at some point, you could be stuck in that for an extended period of time. Because I don't know about you, Joanne, I think once like a rent hits a certain price, I've never heard of it really going far below that in the future. It It typically stays where it's at or goes higher, correct? Yeah, correct. Absolutely. And that's where I said, you know, unfortunately for this woman this morning, you know, we're going to have a hard time trying to find her. Like I, I was explaining yesterday to one of my agents, I said, those prices are gone. We're not going to see those kind of prices. You know, I stuff that was there, um, some, some are in place. The ones that have uh, rent, and I want to say I saw a building's rent rolls yesterday, and they were quite low. So they were nine hundred, a thousand, eleven hundred on these rent rolls. They're in place. Those people should never move because they cannot get out and go find that somewhere else. You know, so once those people are out, their projected rent roll is going to be you know fourteen hundred on the one bedroom that was eleven hundred. Wow. What you do know? you, Joanne? What do you say to someone right now? And it, it could be through no fault of their own. It could be a medical situation. It, it could be that they lost their job. I mean, and, and the credit score, as you know, you could have a perfect credit score for your whole life. And in one month, if you have a certain number of accounts and every single one of them is now 30 days late, your credit score is absolutely destroyed. You could go from 750 to 300, 350 in 30 days if, if you blow yourself up like that. If someone has a, a, a rough credit score, it's tough to get a rental property, isn't it? it? It's extremely tough because the pool of renters is large. So you going up against somebody that has, you know, I was on the phone with a gentleman yesterday and, you know, it sort of breaks my heart because I understand things happen, life happens and your credit tanks and there aren't any places available for people with bad credit. Because the reality is if if one person, 
you're reviewing has a 550 credit score and the other person has a 750 credit score and you look at the report, never missed a payment, you know, super credit score, you know who they're going with, Joanne. Right. And that's, you know, the lower credit scores lose out on all kinds of opportunities, you know, because they may have had a medical issue or they may have had a divorce. You know, they've had all kinds of, you know, life happens. And I, all I can tell them is, I'm sorry, you have to do what you can do to get your credit back up because that's one of the only factors landlords can go by to see that tenants are going to pay their bills. You know, after, after, and, and landlords are rightfully so very nervous after COVID when, you know, the tenants got sort of like the free pass not to pay your rent. And the landlords got stuck with that. And yeah. then they got bad And then the landlords suffered bad credit because their payments were late because the tenants didn't have to pay. So that, that you know, domino effect kind of works in reverse now. Yeah. Because now the tenants didn't pay. They have bad credit. The landlords didn't get to pay. Their credit's bad. So they're not looking to take any on taking on anybody with bad credit it's joanne daly on wpg talk radio 95.5 our real estate pro uh on south jersey's number one you did it again thank you number one news talk radio station wpg talk radio 95.5 we thank you for that uh we do remember to remember every single day to thank you for that we appreciate it we'll never take it for granted we appreciate it so much Joanne, is this still a practice that happens? I remember for so many years, for some reason, it seems more prevalent down beach than offshore, but I'm sure it happens in other areas as well. But a down beach tradition, especially for the summer, would be that people would move down to their basement where they had it set, you know, livable and everything. Uh, and, And I think what I'm about to say in some cases is not legal. But it went on and probably still goes on. Then their whole home upstairs, they would rent out for the summer, make really good. And it's always based on economies of scale. You know, 2023 is different than what it would have been people doing this in the 1960s and 70s and 80s and so on. But it's a practice that always happened. I know people that did it. And it just with great regularity, it would take place. Does that still happen or are things now button down and code enforcement and regulation and local government, all these things so much that does that that doesn't happen. And I, I guess I'm, what I'm saying is, on one hand, it could be it could maybe be a legal apartment and then there's no issue. In some cases, it wasn't. Uh, and of course, technically, if not literally, and that is that practice still happens, doesn't it? It does not as much as it used to. For a couple of reasons, um, the full summer rentals have taken a big hit down here where that used to be what was available a month, two months, Memorial Day to Labor Day. But now because of the Airbnb market and the VRBO market where people can come and go and take two weeks in July and two weeks in August and then their kids could be in soccer camp. You know, the flexibility that Airbnb market allows people kind of did away with the full summer. There's a few people that do that, but not like it used to be because that was the only thing you could do. 
during the pandemic, for example, Joanne, and we'll talk about this after the break, it's 30 minutes past the hour with Joanne Daly. And a reminder for all of your real estate needs, Joanne can help you if you are buying a home, selling a home, maybe you're buying a, a second property, wanting to rent a property uh, yourself, or you have a property to rent that I can promise you Joanne does such a great job taking care of that and finding you uh, your next tenant. And she has a great success and track record of longstanding tenants. I mean, we had a situation where for years, one person, phenomenal, just great. Uh, 609-513-8969. 609-513-8969. We'll be right back with Joanne Daly right after this. Joanne can stay for about another 15 minutes. Hi, everyone. I'm Brian Kilmeade. Coming up on the next edition of the Brian Kilmeade Show, Carly Shimkus on education, having a choice. The new mantra for Republicans, Mark Thiessen. Why is Trump on top again? And Jason Chaffetz. Why is Schiff and Swalwell exactly off the Intelligence Committee? We'll discuss it all on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And the WPG Talk Radio app. We are back with Joanne Daly talking all about real estate. Uh, Joanne, um, I talked about, and it gives you an opportunity to talk about yourself and your team. I talked about if you are buying, if you're buying your primary home, secondary home, vacation home, renting, or you have a property to, to rent. Tell us about your team, the Joanne Daly team. Well, I'm very blessed. I really am. I have an awesome team. I have Carly, Kristen, and Manny. And I'll tell you what, they don't stop. They leave no stone unturned for any client that's looking for a rental, for a home, anything in their budget. They are so, I I can't even say how hardworking they are trying to help everybody. And, And they're motivated by that. You know, they know that people need help. It's not always easy in this market when there's competitive buyers, but they're so diligent and persistent. They don't give up. Um, They don't tell you, sorry, we can't do that for you, which we've had the clients that have come to us saying other, you know, experiences that they had led them to us saying, you know, they, they didn't have anything. Can you do something? And we'll do it until we get somebody at home. That's for sure. They're incredible, incredible team. Um, you know, and I think it's important to note, uh, obviously, um, things changed and the markets always change. They don't stay the same. That's the whole point. Uh, they, they go up, they go down. The interest rates went up. That, that of course, had cause and effect and all of that. But I know this. I, I mean, I, I, I can even say I just, I just know it because I, I, I know how good you are at what you do and your team. Uh, the Joanne Daly team uh, you're you're closing deals. I mean, it's 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 not like business isn't happening. Oh right, I know. We went from closing deals through all through December, all through January. Um, we're, we're busy. Um, it's steady, and it's you know it's not as crazy as it was, but it's nice and steady. And I'm anticipating 23 being continuing it on. What can yeah. you, and again, I think that supply and demand and also the inventory being tight uh, speaks to a lot of this. I saw some experts come out with five major cities, none of them anywhere near us. 
that are supposed to really get hit, like 25% declination uh, in property value. I don't believe that we're going to see anything like that. Has there been really any evidence that property values have gone down much at all? How How are things going in terms of the valuation of properties? And I'm sure that your listeners want to know. uh, It's in almost every person that's listening right now, the biggest purchase they ever will make, unless you're somebody that's buying airplanes and, you know, things like that. The home, your home is the biggest ticket item that you'll ever buy. How are the property values holding up? Um, Extremely well. And I can tell you, I just looked at, of course, we looked at the year-end reports from 2022. From 2021 to 2022, um, the sales prices were up 13.5%. Meaning, so if the home sold at 289, they now sold at 328. Um, I had this conversation with a homeowner yesterday where he bought the home, I think it was about 250, maybe three years ago. And I said, I'm sure easily now with the property that he has and whatnot, it's easily over 350, you know, um, just by the comps we did. So, and those are single family homes, townhouses and condos easily um, in 2021, they were selling at 160, they were at 180, um, up 12.4%. Adult community homes, which in 2021, they were around 220. They sold closer to 285, up 24%. So everything is up from 21 through 22. And I think those are good margins. We're going to hold strong in 2023. And really not not just up, Joanne, but I mean, uh, substantially up. Yeah, yeah. 13%, 24%, 24%. So even, nice even if like, and I know Zillow is not like, you know, I, I say not the Oracle or anything, but it is something where you can look up and, you know, and over a period of time, you can see what they say. They give you the uh, Zestimate, I think they call it with a Z, uh, and they'll give you a range and then they'll actually give you an estimate on what they believe uh, your property will sell for. Now, of course, it's only as good as the data that they sometimes don't realize if people have done major improvements and added things and such. But in any event, I do check it about once a month and I do it on uh, your day uh, when we do your show, Joanne. And I've never seen anything worse than like zero point low in the red. Uh, So that's fractionally almost statistically irrelevant uh, now that doesn't that doesn't counter what you said about the gain because the gain was for the full year. So even if you had towards the end, even you went down zero point two, zero point four, something like that. Uh, that didn't take away from the fact that for the entire year uh, you had a substantial increase in the valuation. But even now, and they call it last thirty day change. Even now, going well into the the first month of twenty twenty three. As you just said, I'm just validating what you just said. Even something as what I think is unscientific as the Zestimate is is indicating that property values are holding uh, within a very, very tight range. They are. Absolutely. So and I and I see that going forward. 
That's for great. 2023. Wonderful. You know? Yeah. And you know what, like I said before in the past, too, it's a lot of it has to do with how deflated the market was previously. You know, with all the uh, foreclosures we had and job losses and casinos closing, we were hit pretty hard with Sandy. There was all kinds of, you know, reasons why our prices were as deflated as they were. And we were such an affordable market for other communities, the urban urbanites to move into. Yeah. And when you go back to that time, whether it was 2008 into 2009, I think Sandy was what, 2012, you go into a period in period in time when New Jersey had and Atlanta County, specifically Atlanta County, New Jersey. Let me let me not just say something statewide. That's that's a state of nine million plus people. Just Atlanta County had the highest home foreclosure rate in America, highest unemployment rate in America. So it was understandable. I mean, it was a very very challenging time. So valuations took it. Other than Longport and maybe a few other examples that you would know about, Joanne. I mean, the valuations took it right right in the teeth, right in the neck, but that hasn't been the case at all. And as long as inventory stays tight, that also is a driving factor in, in why these valuations are as strong as they are. And I know you have to go in three minutes, so let me put out a um, generic example for you to respond to. If you are selling your home today, I'll, I'll just say Egg Harbor Township, nice home, well-maintained, move-in condition, uh, could easily be sold as is, no no major repairs, everything's in good shape, and uh, all of that, great, great home inspection, and all of that, and it's priced correctly through Joanne Daly team at REMAX Platinum Properties of Ventnor. How long will it take to sell in your estimation, and how many buyers do you think you would have in this particular time? Well, I would say there's probably easily, easily 10 to 20 buyers. Wow. Um, and selling probably just because we, we try to give the sellers the benefit of having it shown a few times, you know? Yeah. I mean, we could literally have it under contract in under 30 days. It's beautiful. You know, depending how much they want to show it, how much, you know, activity they they want to see. You know, Joanne, as you know, in the world of finance, any asset that can be, they I think they use terms like uh, liquidated and different things like that, but that could be cashed in within 30 days is considered a liquid asset. So that makes your home, uh, by almost definition, I don't want to get too technical, a liquid asset. If you could sell within 30 days, that strong because you know there have been times in this area and but they haven't been recently where it could take you know a, a certain amount of time to sell a property but because the demand is there and i have to say i didn't know what the answer was going to be when i said how many buyers you know hypothetically it was just a you know a generic type of um question but not a particular home but 10 to 20 that's that that's a very healthy market for the um for the seller still even and it's challenging for the buyers it sounds to me and i can i can verify that in a sense easily enough where i'm saying well if i have 
easily four buyers in that price range. I can surely guess there's another handful of agents that have the same amount of buyers that I would have for that, uh, you know, price range of a property. There you go. And and it is still important. I mean, it sounds so obvious, but I think it's important emphasis at the end of your show. I know you're going in just a few seconds. You have to price your home correctly because if you overprice it, you get emotional rather than dispassionate about it. You could put yourself to where actually you're not going to get the offers that you should. You might have to take the property down and people follow that kind of thing. And if it comes back, then people think something's wrong. You can. What I'm saying is, Joanne, listen to your expert, Joanne Daly, because if you don't, you can really mess yourself up, can't you? Right. There's the psychology of pricing. And I have to educate a lot of my clients about that because they can get whatever price they put out there. And at a certain time, that might have been true. You know, because it was so competitive and such limited inventory. But now you have to understand the buyers are savvy. They're looking at these homes. They're watching them and following it. And it's a big turnoff for buyers to feel that the sellers are greedy. Um, They're trying to take advantage of the buyers in, in this situation. And so that's a big turnoff, and some buyers are saying, I'll wait, I'll wait, you know. Sure. Um, I'm not going to give that guy that money. You know, I don't trust Joanne, love the time that we spend together. Look forward to next month already. Thanks so much. I appreciate the accommodations today. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's necessary. You're on special assignment. We got to do it. We got a lot in. Yep. Uh, All right. Sounds good. I'll see you soon. See you, Joanne. I look forward to it. We'll be back. 609-407-1450. Phone lines are open. This is Hurley in the Morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Inflation is nothing more than legalized theft. Hi, I'm Dr. Ron Paul, and to preserve your wealth, I highly recommend keeping physical gold in your retirement account. To learn more, text the word PROTECT to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold IRAs from Birch Gold, which is the only gold IRA company I trust. So text PROTECT to 989898 to request your free info kit right now. As a Walgreens pharmacist, I talk with people all the time about little tips and tricks for filling their Medicare prescriptions, like taking advantage of Walgreens 90-day refills to save them a trip, or using refill by scan, which is super easy and right on your phone. And for anybody worried about prescription costs, I say, hey, we got you with low-cost copays on many medications. Let's talk about making things easier. Walgreens is here. Fill your way and save at walgreens.com slash Medicare. See pharmacists for restrictions and exclusions. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. Eight minutes before the top of the hour, which means that Brian Kilmeade is 14 minutes away. Uh, I know we dropped a bunch of calls this morning during open forum that just couldn't get through. We had too many. Uh, Perfect time to get through right now uh, in bonus open forum, 609-407-1450. A reminder, Gary's Restaurant, I'll be there in the very near future, actually, uh, 
Gary had been closed two days a week until this past Monday. Gary is back open now six days a week, only closed on Tuesday. So I know that um, sometimes you get into a certain habit. Uh, So this Monday, uh, remember that Gary is open. And uh, I was thrilled when he told me the news. Breakfast, lunch, eat and take out party trays for all occasions. 609-383-9980. They're at 831 New Road in Pleasantville. 609-383-9980. Gary's Restaurant. Not only all the things on the menu that you know and love, an incredible special menu that I've been living off of, and Gary has added these amazing desserts. Uh, it, it just has never been better. Best version ever. Uh, let me squeeze this in, then we'll open up the phone lines at 609-407-1450. Tonight at 7.27 p.m., an asteroid that is about the size of a box truck. So we'll say in the range of about 11 and a half feet by 28 feet is going to come as close to Earth as any object that has ever been recorded. It's been named 2023 B.U. B as in boy, U as in uncle, 2023 B.U. It's going to zip by the southern tip of South America at 727 p.m., Eastern Standard Time tonight, just 2,200 miles from the Earth. Now, and that's from the planet's surface, not from the atmosphere, from the planet's surface, 2,200 miles. I mean, as the crow flies, it's 1,000 miles plus to Florida from Atlantic City. This is crazy. I mean, double that, and an asteroid's going to be that close. Now, the good news is, even if it um, enters our atmosphere... It's so small that it will turn into a fireball. It will disintegrate in the atmosphere and maybe some small meteorites would, would hit the earth. But there's nothing. This is not a catastrophic event. But they, they have this pretty well buttoned down that they know what's going to happen. And this was pretty cool to see. It took almost an earth year. I don't, have the, I don't have my notes in front of me. This was in my opening monologue this morning. But I think it was something like 359 days that this asteroid orbited around the sun. So almost like what we do in 365 days. Uh, the other neat thing, they know that this thing is going to continue. It will be about halfway between Earth and Mars orbits at its farthest point. And then they expect that going forward... The asteroid will complete one orbit every 425 days. So if you're a geek like me about NASA and the space program and all this kind of stuff, uh, I I just thought that was amazing when I heard about it. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hey, Harry. Uh, A few months ago, you reminded everybody to file their anchor um, refund. And I did that because you reminded me. And I noticed they extended the... um, the, the deadline multiple times they've extended the deadline yeah so and i also saw a commercial in the morning about phil murphy and how he's doing this to uh you know to make everything nice nice but uh i i, I find that a little suspicious but that commercial went away and i still haven't got my money i'm sure you haven't either no, correct no I, I i hate to say it this way but i think that that ha- distribution hasn't even started and distribution yeah. won't start until after the deadline passes. That's my, I'll look into it to be sure, but that's my gut 
sort of instinct on this. I don't see anything going out until they shut it down and say, you know, and this should be, I hope they leave it at this. This should be the absolute last call because I think they've had last call at least three times. I'm thinking people didn't take it serious because I didn't at first either. I saved the envelope, but I thought, man, this is weird. So oh, no, I, I knew it was real. Hey, hey, look, anytime it's smart, it's it's politics. I believe Governor Murphy is running for president. He wants goodwill. Uh, giving back people money is um, nobody. Nobody gets mad about that. So and there's a lot of division right now. So, it, you know, the money's there. Uh, they're going to pay it. And renters, uh, let your heart not be troubled because you can also file. You won't get the same. It is means tested. I don't have it in front of me, uh, kind sir, but I remember something in the neighborhood of a hundred and I can't remember now. I want to say like a hundred and is it 200,000 if you're a married couple under 150,000 if you're single and then the difference is either a thousand if you're at a certain income level, uh, less than that if you if you make more, uh, and it's if you have your envelope, and I know you do, and I still do on my desk. It's it's all right there, an easy thing to uh, to sign up for, and everybody should do it. Yeah, I did it because you reminded me, and I called everybody that I knew yeah. and reminded them. So that was awesome, and that was very nice of you. Thank you, sir. Oh, just doing my job. Thank you. And and the cool thing is, someday when you least expect it, all of a sudden, a check is going to come in the mail, and nobody's going to complain. Have a very good day, and thanks for calling, and thank you for the kind words. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hey, Harry. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. I don't, I don't get... Mike Pence, he does not know how the documents got in his house. Well, this is silly. I, I mean, here's what I wish I, that I wish they would do. Trump hasn't ever said, I don't know. I'm so surprised. I don't know how they got here. He said, I got them. And they're in this storage room. And the FBI knows it. The DOJ knows it. The National Archives know it. They, they knew it. They all said, hey, you know, let us sleep a little better at night. Put an extra lock on the door. You got it. Uh, they put the extra lock on the door. He's the only guy not saying he's surprised. Uh, Biden can't be surprised because he took the documents out when he was a senator in, in many cases. Uh, obviously, these documents are a problem because they won't release them. I think it's going to show ties to China, to money, to Ukraine, to corruption, to graft uh, and a whole entire uh, syndicate uh, that they're they're still trying to hide. Mike Pence, it's a little bit embarrassing. He just what they all should do, especially Mike Pence. I think it's like 12 documents or something. He should say, you know what? I messed up. I'm really I feel embarrassed. But you see, he's running for president. They're all running for president. They never can admit they're wrong. I want to in my next life, Ginny, I want to be a life coach because I swear I could be good at it. The first thing I would do with a Mike Pence is I know he wants to run for president. You got to face the American people and say, look, I was very harsh on the people that had documents and saying I don't have any and there's no way that you should have any. And two weeks later, I've got them. You just apologize. Now, I will tell you that I don't like when President Trump was the only one that the media was coming after, they didn't run the stories that they're running now that, oh, uh, classified documents have been a problem since Jimmy Carter. 
Well, they didn't tell us that when it was Trump. They made Trump look like Hitler or something, like a, a war criminal, the only one that ever did it. Now it turns out they all had problems and Sorensen couldn't be confirmed because he had classified documents when Carter wanted to make him uh, a secretary. I forget of what state or something. And then Biden kept Sorensen from becoming uh, confirmed by the Senate because he said anybody that has classified documents is disqualified. Well, then he's disqualified. I'm so sick of their hypocrisy and their lies and the media now. They're trying to make the whole thing go away by saying that. And I, I want everybody to note this. You will not find a story about how much problems there have been with classified documents for 50 years until Biden had classified documents. Oh, absolutely. And I think Biden's been lining up his ducks for 40, 50 years. This isn't overnight. Here's the reality. For everybody that wonders, hey, how could he be so stupid? He never thought, he thought the window closed and that he could never be president. He didn't run against Hillary. He, 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 He punked out. He gave her the shot and he thought it was over. Then all of a sudden it's not over. But he's got all these other things now that he did, like Biden Inc., all this money. How did he go from no net worth to 11 million in one year after leaving the vice presidency? How's that happen, Jenny? Exactly. How's that happen? Exactly. And you know what I what else I want to say? I'm so sick and tired of Mike Pence and his wife, this Boy Scout attitude. He doesn't sit down or meet with a woman unless his wife is present. What would he do if he was president and he was uh, meeting with Angela Merkel or somebody? Well, I mean, what does this guy think he is, Brad Pitt? Give me a break. <laughs> well, Mike Pence is drawing about 7% in the polls. I'll tell you who's on a roll right now, and it's very smart. And again, like if I could be his coach, I'm telling you, this Trump right now that put out the um, communication, leave Mike Pence alone. Mike Pence is a good man. Mike Pence is an honorable man. Mike Pence has never done anything wrong in his life. Leave him alone. That's smart. That's smart. He is now up three points on Joe Biden head to head. This is the Trump that needs to be disciplined for the next two years and not do crazy stuff because – He's in good shape right now. There was a, a media report that said, huh, how, what happened? How is Trump now in the lead? What changed? Uh, and, of course, Georgia's coming after him. He's going to get criminally charged there. Uh, I think even though it's the most aggressive prosecutor on planet Earth, you can't charge Trump and not charge Biden and Pence. So I think that all goes away. They'll come out and say it's wrong and kind of like the wrong don't do it again thing. And turn everything over and, you know, we'll call it a day. I I don't know if you agree with me because they are capable of phenomenal duplicity. But how do you charge Trump and you don't charge Biden? Biden is the biggest offender of them all because Trump can literally say, you can't charge me. I declassified all these. He has the power. He has the power to say that. And he doesn't have to prove anything. Just like if he pardons somebody, nobody can say you can't pardon Roger Clinton or Mark Rich or any of these guys. They, the president, is given that authority, and that's that. Joe Biden, though, took these documents out when he was a senator. That is criminal. And vice president. Yes, and it's ditto because the vice president doesn't have the authority to declassify anything either. Uh, So this guy has had documents for over 12 years, maybe longer, 
and we keep hearing how surprised he is. My question mm. on that, Jenny, is see how you like this question. I, yeah, I would love to ask Corinne Jean-Pierre. Uh, president Biden is surprised, right? Oh, yes, that's what, we, that's what the president said. That's what we've been saying here every day when you ask me this. Corinne uh, uh, Jean-Pierre, do you think you could find some, uh, someone who's not surprised? Because after all, Jenny, somebody put those documents there. Yep. Isn't that a good question? Exactly. He's surprised? Excellent. Okay. Excellent and by the way, he's a liar, and he's not surprised. But let's give him that. Let's say he's surprised. I want to find someone who's not surprised. I want to find someone who moved the boxes with a hand truck. I want How the one. How, okay. Uh, now we're going to keep doubling down on each other. Let me th- flap this. Um, uh, what's that game called? Um, oh, I can't think of it. Uh, anyhow, it's a cool card game, but I can't think of it. I'll flop this hand down on you. I want to inspect the 1,850 boxes of Biden documents at the University of Pennsylvania Biden Center. You heard me, right, Jenny? 1,850. Now, do you think it's reasonable to say, since everywhere that you look, Biden classified documents in his possession pop up, what are the chances that there are not classified documents in 1,850 boxes, I will give a percentage of zero, 100%. Why aren't they doing a no-knock raid and going after those documents? I'd love to know. Why didn't they go to Wilmington? If it's in the other home in Rehoboth, then why not in Wilmington? So a lot there. We'll talk again, Jenny. I've got to go because it is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hey, check us out 